At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. It's hard to be humble when you're from Arkansas. Which was funny on many levels because why would you be proud of being from Arkansas? That's number one. Arkansas yeah, is a is. terrible place. And Rich Crage. Like this all started because someone liked a tweet uh, and got annoyed about everybody it. Everybody log off. <laughs> Throw your phones in the body of water closest to you. Stop. This is all terrible. I hate it all. Yeah, it's all so dumb. And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. That is Joe. So what's happening? Such a busy week. This is insane. Yeah, like on a normal week, especially if it were some hacky show, I would I would ask you like, hey, what what kind of taco? What's your favorite taco, Joe? You know, Cinco de Mayo. We could we could talk about corn versus flour, but we can't do any of that stuff today. We can't. There's just no way. Yeah, only hacky shows do that. <laughs> right? We would never ever do that. Like. Full size kid. Can you imagine? Like, doing it? oh my god, the Orange Express thing just very loudly played in the background. What are you doing over there? Uh, I've lost all control of my life. All right. Uh, yes. Sorry. What, what is happening? A little teaser to I, so that so the Orient Express theme. I I have it mixed where that one is really. I, I have to raise up the volume a little bit so that it can kind of be in the background and not be too distracting. And then the flagship. I had so I had the flagship up really high, and then it just played very loudly for everybody right there. But there you go. A little teaser to what you have later in the show as we bounce around Japan. Not yet. We're not bouncing around Japan yet. That'd be too way too early to do that. That's a, that's third hour type stuff. But uh, yeah, luckily we're not one of those hacky shows that talks about full size candy or you know any of that sort of stuff. So um, you're right just, over there. Jeez, I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. What going on this week? Really busy week. I, I <laughs> it's you know, overwhelming. I couldn't, I couldn't get everything watched. It's. Uh, I didn't even do the Thursday TV reviews yet. I, just so much going on. You know, I'm watching wrestling right up until the minute we start this thing to try to get as much in as I can. Some might say I'm watching wrestling as the show is going. <laughs> Hypoth- hypothetically, I could be watching wrestling as the show is going on. But that, yeah, I've had weeks ridiculous. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ridiculous. It's... Definitely not what I'm doing. I don't know why anybody would keep saying. Why do you keep saying that I'm doing that, Joe? I'm not watching a match right now to catch up for the show. I'm not doing it. So I mean, you know, we can we can be one of these shows that just talks about WWE <laughs> premium live events and you know, we, we won't have to stress ourselves to uh <laughs> let's yeah, know. let's oh man. I mean I'm out here watching Osaka Pro this week. <laughs> yes. You know, it's uh it's a life. Trying, it's a life. We chose to- it, yeah. Trying to figure out if I get this Dragon Gate show in that ended eight hours ago before we do this. You know, there's just so much going on. It would probably be a lot easier if, you know, we just came on here and 
talked about the WWE premium live events and maybe a little forbidden door. And that's it. You know, wrap it up, go home. <laughs> it would be an easier life, yeah. Uh, many years ago, we chose not We chose not to have that life. And I don't know why. I'm still not sure why we chose not to have that life. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because there's still nobody in the business who does what this show does. Damn right. That's why. Because if we didn't do this, who would? Nobody. Who would? Who else is going to talk about the revival of Osaka Pro this week? Who else is going to talk about Dragon Gate Dead or Alive, the fake AAA show, the WWE releases, the Forbidden Door, the Noah drama, all in one show? Who's going <laughs> to do that? Nobody. Nobody. There's literally no other show on earth that's going to do all of that. So, um, yeah, find, find one other show that's going to break down Osaka Pro's <laughs> revival and Forbidden Door in the same show. You're not going to find it. You are not going to find it. We promise you will not find it. But, you know, this is why I'm all stressed out because I'm struggling to get it all in. But here we are. And and I didn't even forget the Champion Carnival. I didn't watch two seconds of it. <laughs> right. There's a final. There's a Champion Carnival final that happened this week that apparently is very good. It's great. It looks like it's getting rave reviews. Uh, we have a review up at VoicesWrestling.com. Uh, I, I, I believe was called by our reviewer, Gerard, the best all Japan match since the beginning of the pandemic, and I still have not even gotten to that. I haven't watched a well, second of it. I mean, you know, I'm going to watch that this coming week, but it's like now it's, you know, now you're watching stuff from the week before, and it, you know how that goes. Then, you know, that that's the cycle of falling behind, and then inevitably you got to cut stuff out. But I, I, I'm going to watch the Champion Carnival this week. I'm going to get this Dragon Gate Dead or Alive show in this week. You did watch it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or are you currently watching? <laughs> what, um, what's the status of the Dragon yes. Gate Dead Let's. Yes, I will answer your double-ended question with yes. yes. You're like you're like Vince McMahon writing a Raw while Raw <laughs> right, that's what's going on. That's, that's what you are right now. Um, yeah, but no, and and then you know, there's a big Japan show that that you know, Rich, did you? Uh, did you see the fresh, exciting main event of the Big Japan show? I did not. Title? No. What was? Uh, I, I guess no. Don't uh, tease me. Tease me. We'll talk about it later. I, I don't know okay. what this fresh, new, interesting matchup uh, that definitely probably did not involve Suji Ishikawa at all, right? It definitely did not, right? Or Daisuke Sakamoto. Neither oh, yeah. one of those. Uh, actually, <laughs> right. it was both of those men. Oh, again, you know. uh, <laughs> I actually did know that. I actually legitimately had zero idea. That that was the match, but that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, who else are you going to run it with? Who else are you going to run it back with if you're Big Japan at this point? I mean, that's that's it. Hey, listen, Big Japan carried us through the uh, early stages of the pandemic. And we will never forget them for it. Yeah, thank you. No. Big Japan and 2AW. You miss her. I miss her 2AW days. Big Japan, 2AW, and Game Changer Wrestling. <laughs> that's what we had to watch. <laughs> carried us through the early stages of the pandemic. Um. Pretty gross looking back. Those are some gross, disgusting uh, shows. Yeah, what did those shows sound like that we did? I mean, we were, we were breaking down every match of a 2AW show. Is that what we were doing? Oh, listen. I believe you uh, misunderstood me, sir. Our shows weren't gross. <laughs> oh, their shows were gross. The okay. shows we were reviewing were pretty oh. gross. You know, when, when you're reduced to Big Japan, 2AW, and... Uh, you know, a little Kaiji Tomato and, uh, and and Game Changer, who seemingly was running every weekend anyway, I'm sure under the safest conditions uh, oh, of, course. Of, of early COVID. Um, you know, that that's what those shows were for months on end. 
Um, yeah, it was uh, kind of. Yeah. I do remember that we had to do the Daishi Hashimoto thing again, just because we had to have yeah. something to talk about. So we spent like an hour, hour breaking down: is this guy really a star? Is this guy? Yeah. And the second other people ran, we never watched it again, and we've never talked about Daishi. I have not. We have not uttered the words Daishi Hashimoto since then. But we spent like an hour being like, I don't know, this guy could have it. He might have finally figured it out. Like, he had a good pandemic. He did. He Um, did. He was the all star. He was the MVP of the pandemic. So he he was the MVP of early COVID. Um, yeah, I I don't know. He's in the tag title mix these days. I I don't don't know. But then you know he was having you know yet another attempt to make him the thing at that time. But he but he was having good matches at that. He was at. early you know spring of 2020 yeah yeah when the world when the world fell apart um so yeah i don't know yeah we haven't spoken anything <laughs> we haven't talked any daishi hashimoto since since uh wrestling slowly crawled back but uh yeah no this was really one of those it's it's so it's so crazy because there's some weeks where it's like what the fuck are we going to talk about and then there's weeks like this where it's like you can't even the, – the champion carnival final isn't on the sheet because neither right. one of us had time to get to it. I mean that's that's the kind of week um, you know, that's been. And people will be like, oh, well, what the hell are you talking about Osaka Pro for? What are you talking about, you know, uh, Nomura? You know, well, because, listen, those are easy, quick hitters. I, I, I got to sit down and watch the champion carnival. That's what people don't understand. Like it's not like I'm bumping it because – like I don't want to talk about it, or I'm, or I'm disrespecting all Japan. But that's another long ass show. I got to sit down and watch, let alone catch up on the carnival. It's, right, I'm right, way right, behind. Right. I think I watched like one carnival show with everything else going on too the last few weeks. So it's like you can't just shoehorn that in and then parachute in for it. You know, it's like you, you, that's something you really gotta, you know, sit down and watch and and, and have some real takes for. So. um yeah, so much. It's just an overloaded week, and uh, I don't know. Where the hell do you want to start with all this shit? Yeah, I think let, let's start with the news that in, in our little circle, I think, has been the, the the biggest story of the day, which is, believe it or not, <laughs> given today, like today alone, there's been a bunch of stuff. We'll talk about Forbidden Door in a little bit. Uh, we're going to obviously talk about WWE Financials, uh, preview their premium live event coming up this weekend, all the other stuff we're going to get into, bouncing around Japan, New Japan, Dragon Gate. Triple Mania. You keep saying fake Triple A show. It was. It, it's not a fake Triple. It's a fake Triple Mania, but a if real I Triple said, A show. <laughs> if I said fake Triple A, I meant to say. Fake I, I know what you meant to say. It was just. A, it was a real show that happened. It was. It's kind of a fake Triple A. No. Uh, a fake. Uh, fake Triple Mania, though, for sure. Isn't but, there? A, isn't there another fake Triple Mania coming up this week? Uh, I don't know. if It's this week. I thought it's in a little bit. No, it's. It, I think okay. it's in June. Is the next fake Triple? I don't Mania. know the date. I don't know the date, but there's another fake triple mania. Correct. What, what city is this one in? This is in, uh, uh, that one is going to be in, I believe. Oh man, I don't know where uh, Tijuana. I think it's in Tijuana, uh, June 18th. Tijuana, June 18th is where that's going to be, and then Mexico City, right. October 15th will be the other. Is one. Is that the so, real one? Um, define real. I don't know. I don't think they have a real one anymore. What was what was the normal date of like your classic triple manias? That was it was always in the summer, oh, if I remember correctly, okay. right? Like August. So tri- it was always like August ish, right? I w- well, it depends how far back you want to go because Triple Mania originally, as the name implies, was three shows. You know, if you go back many, many years, then it became, you know, in recent years, it's like the one big show. Right. They still call it Triple Mania. So now. So those are actually what's... fake Triple Manias. This is a real Triple Mania, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening. Is like, was this Monterey one that we're going to talk about today and the Tijuana one, the Mexico City one, are we going back to like the Triple Mania roots and these are going to be the only three? 
or are they just slapping the triple mania name on their monthly big shows now? And we're just going to have these, like, I, I don't know the answer to that. As far as I know, there's only three uh, of them right now, but, um, so maybe we're going back true old school. Right, it's right, like, right. I, I don't know, but, uh, well, it's working because now they've gotten back to back weeks. Where we're going to, we're going to talk about them. So, uh, so initially, yeah. like I, my initial plan two days ago, which that all got thrown out of the window. My initial plan two days ago was we were going to start the show with Triple Mania. It's Cinco de Mayo. I thought that'd be perfect. You got to start with Triple Mania on Cinco de Mayo. There is no way, given what's happened over the last few days, that we can possibly start with Triple Mania. So we will get to Triple Mania later. Uh, but the top story, I think, in our little circle, people that are listening to this, uh, people that just subscribe to FlagshipPatreon.com, uh, have been following the saga of Pro Wrestling Noah over the last few weeks. We have had uh, exclusive reports, uh, exclusive quotes from wrestlers, people involved in the business, people involved in Noah, getting to us. Uh, talking to, to us, getting information about this, double, triple sourcing things, figuring out stuff. And we've had some nice little dirt of, okay, this guy didn't want to put this guy over, or that guy hates that guy, little stuff like that. Then we got a bombshell this morning that started out with, first off, some very odd tweets about, okay, no sour run guy who, who is the booker for, for no over the recent years. Um, his contract is up and, and people are speculating, oh, it might just be a talent contract. It might just be a work. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's probably just a work because he's doing stuff in Dragon. He's doing stuff in this yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then you hit the pavement and found out, no, none of this is a work. This is all real. Uh, there's some real stuff going on and there is just some absolute juicy, juicy turmoil uh, going on in Noah. We, we're not going to get to all of it here. Uh, if you want to read the full report, flagshippatreon.com, uh, $5 tier to do that. But uh, there is, we, we do have to talk about something with this Noah story, because there is a lot going on, and it is, uh, it's messy. It's it's classic pro wrestling messy, and I, I I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it. Yeah, it's a major pro wrestling booking change. So, um, you know, people have been following the drama that's going on with Noah, and um, uh, the the you know the old wrestlers led by Muto, and he continues to bring in all of his old cronies, and and all of them get pushed, and the younger wrestlers uh, just continue to suffer, and you know, we've been reporting behind the paywall for months that the younger wrestlers were getting tired of it, and it all came to a head this morning or last night, whatever you want to call it. Wrong guy, uh, no, Sal, wrong guy's out. He's out as Booker. His contract um, is up, but he was not offered a new contract. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Of course, what he said publicly was he didn't resign, which, you know, um, is a little bit of spin. No, he didn't resign, but they also didn't offer him a deal. He had nothing to resign. He, you know, he he's they, he's out. So uh, he was replaced um, by Kendo Kashin, who was already part of, right. <laughs> you know, the the sort of the inner circle, the, you know, the the office. So he was kind of uh, his right hand man, wrong guy's right hand man anyway. But uh, this all came from the top, uh, from Cyber Agent or Cyber Fight or whatever you want to call that company. Um, they were not happy with the business performance of the NOAA, uh, what do you call it, branch or, or, cause you know, they obviously own DDT mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, and they're a huge corporate conglomerate that, that has their hands in many things other than pro wrestling. Right, right. Which not, not to kind of interrupt, but it was kind of interesting because a lot of the times when we would have discussions about Noah business and, and, and wondering, hey, are things, you know, are things going well? Are things doing all right? And it kind of applies to DDT as well. People would always say, well, they're just, you know, this company that owns them is just filthy, filthy rich. Uh, and they don't care. You know what I mean? It's type of thing that, you know, they're, they're cool with it. You know, they're fine. They, they don't, you know, we, we heard a lot of that. And, and, you know, 
I understand that. I understand totally why that company might not care. You know, they're 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 not as lean as you know a big Japan. They don't have to care as much as a big Japan about every dollar that comes in, but they still want to be successful. So it was kind of troubling when you did see you know a few of these you know pretty bad numbers. We'll talk about a few of them uh, from this last week that you said. Well, at some point, this company that's pouring a lot of money into Noah probably wants some return on that investment. Yeah, they're a big company. Yes, they can incur losses, but they still would you know rather make money than lose money. So eventually at some point, you know, somebody was going to have to say, hey, why are we, you know, we're spending a ton of money to bring all these new talents in. We've upgraded the, 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 the this, we've upgraded that, we've upgraded cameras, we've done this, we've done that, we've done, you know, we've gotten English outreach and this sort of outreach and we're not growing, you know, we're not like, it, you know, things aren't getting better. Eventually that was going to kind of come to a head. So it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, it, it's still, you know, yes, cyber fight, cyber agent, whatever is still a big conglomerate, a big, but they still want to get a return on their investment. They still want to have, you know, a successful company. So you got to always remember that, 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 you know, at the end of the day, these big companies still do, you know, they, they want to have successful things on their books. They don't want, you know, they don't want to just lose money. They're, it's not the game. Well, it, it was a combination of things. They are losing money. Uh, they're, you know, they're not, they're not making money. And that's, that's one of the factors. The other factors are some of the native wrestlers and younger wrestlers have complained about the current booking regime and, and, you know, the older guys coming in and, and taking everybody's spots. And, and then there was also an issue where they felt like, uh, wrong guy was just part- he was just doing dirty business. Like the, the junior half of the majestic double shot in sumo hall where the, he did an all junior show, which looked like something outside the box and creative, mm-hmm. uh, from the outside. But, it didn't draw, you know, it drew, they announced a little under 1600, but the real number was 1200 and that's an utter disaster. Especially so, this week of all weeks, which, you know, this is a holiday week in Japan still, right? Is that's, I think that week is still going on, right? Golden, golden week, week yeah, is still going on. Yeah. So, oh, that's why so, dad are live. That's why dad lives on, you know, a random Thursday or whatever. So yeah, that that's a bad number to have this week of all weeks, especially. And the, the, the second half of the double shot, you know, didn't exactly do well either. You know, that did under 3,000 fans. But they're also blaming the performance of that show on the fact that the first show was an all-junior show. And from their perspective, if he would have put all of the stars on both shows and promoted it as such, that maybe both shows would have done better. Right. And so so there's heat there. Plus, the people that were booked on that junior show were all of his old pals from Mexico and all of these freelance wrestlers uh, that basically the idea is he was giving all of his pals spots on a sumo hall show. So they would get sumo hall payouts and uh, payoffs. And it, it, it upset a lot of the native crew. And, and we had someone tell us a, a Noah contracted wrestler on the roster you know, who worked that show, who was like, these guys come in and they get bigger payoffs than I do. I couldn't believe that when and, I read that. That's, and, yeah, you know, I, I get and, it. And, yeah, that when you when you know that, I mean, that that applies to a lot of, you know, it applies to anyone's normal job when, when you're the one doing, you know, hard work and, and, and someone else you know is, is not working as hard as making more money. I mean, especially in wrestling, when, when you're there every single night and doing sort of stuff and these other people are coming in and, and, and they're not, you know, it, it, it different story if it's a Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? You understand that Brock's going to get paid more than you, but yeah, just these random cronies, you know, they're coming in and making more money than me. No, that, that would really, I mean, that, and it, it, it does seem like that was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So yeah, it's kind of yeah, cool. Well, that was the final straw. I mean, yeah. that's not why they didn't renew them. I mean, they probably weren't going to renew them anyway. Uh, these, you know, but these two shows not doing good business 
and really putting his neck out with this all junior show, which, which a lot of people feel was just him getting paydays for his boys. And, uh, you know, if you, none of the, the big time heavyweights are on that show. So, um, you know, uh, you know, he was able to split the money with himself and all of his boys, and he and he screwed <laughs> over, and, and 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 at the same time screwed over the the contracted guys, um, who ended up getting smaller pay, payoffs than 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 the freelancers that he brought in. So, the office thought that was dirty business, and when you combine that with the fact that Noah's losing money and he's the booker, so the booker ultimately is always going to be responsible for that. And then they started taking a closer look at the books and they're like, hey, wait a minute. Why do we have all of these high priced older wrestlers on this roster? And we're still lo- rich. Isn't this what we were telling everybody? <laughs> it sounds like a conversation I had. We had starting about a year ago and that had been saying over and over and over again is that, yes, I understand. Like because people would uh, would very often bring up like these very minimal increases in, in attendance year over year. OK, and that's fine. Like, good. You, you, you know, the attendances weren't, you know, were OK. Yeah. Uh, this year over last year, you're up 200 people, you know, on average per show. You're up this average of people per show. You're up this. Okay, that that's well and good, but your expenditures have had to have doubled and tripled with the guys that you brought in. Like, yes, you're doing better than you were in 2019 or whatever. Yes, you maybe you have a little bit more attendance, but like, look at the guys you have on your roster. Like, you are spending so much more money, and and also look at like the upgrade. I mean, Noah clearly, or Cyber Agent, Cyberfight, whatever, clearly invested a lot in Noah over the last year, giving them new cameras, getting them new sets, doing all this sort of stuff, really rolling out the red car performance, saying, all right, here you go. We're going to put all this investment in here and that's well and good. And that's great. And that's, you know, you want a company to do that. But yeah, like we were saying over and over again, at what point does the business start going? Like the business has got to get going a little bit. And and if it doesn't, then you have to wonder, okay, we're spending all this money. We're bringing all these people in and they're moving minimal business. What's the point of it all? And finally, they apparently today said, wait, what's the point of it all? What are we doing here? This is stupid. And again, a lot of the same people that are involved, we will be, we will say this over and over and over again. And one of these days, people will listen to us. Some people listen to us. A lot of people listen to us, Joe. We always say that. We always say nobody listens to us. A lot of people listen to us. But there are still people that still aren't. We know what we're talking about. We've been on. We're idiots. We've been watching wrestling for most of our adult lives, all of our adult lives. In your case, all of your adult Actually, all my adult life as well. I've been watching wrestling since I was six. Yes, all of my adult life as well. We've been watching wrestling forever. We understand this stuff. We study the business. We study how things go, trends. You know, and then you people will just argue. We'll say, "Hey, you know, this guy has never drawn, or hey, this guy doesn't do good business, or hey, this looks kind of fishy, or this looks kind of weird." And there's always, oh no, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this time, this time, no. Wrestling is very cyclical. You can see this stuff coming a mile away. You know the players, you know the people involved, and and like we've had the Mudo conversation a lot of times. If Mudo's this great giant big star that everybody wants to go and watch and see, then why has he been a fucking failure at the drawing for the last fifteen years? Why did Russell One fail? You know why? Why? Why is Processing Masters or not, what was the one that he was involved? in? Was it Processing Masters? The one where he's involved I, in? I can't. I can't remember all the dumb things. That I don't he's think been he was a major in. part of that, but he hasn't. He look. We've had the Moodle conversation a million times. This guy hasn't been uh, a legitimate drawing card in in almost two decades. I right. Mean, you, it's you know it, it you know but you know it was like it was a combination of things, and then you know they also looked and said you know. You know, Ron Guy is doing business with New Japan. He's doing business with Dragon Gate, and that's all well and good. But it's like, why aren't you doing any business with DDT? They're under the same umbrella. That's so, a really interesting thing that you you did mention in, in your report, and I kind of didn't – for whatever reason, I never made that connection. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, you're right. Like, wait a minute. Why yeah. are they always doing stuff with other companies? 
besides DDT, the one that's in there. Like they do nothing with. I mean, almost next to nothing with DDT, and that's in your. You know, that's that's in your little kingdom there. So that was so bizarre, and I didn't. I, I guess I didn't make that connection until you wrote that in the in the piece, and I was like, right, yeah. Why have they done anything with DDT? Like that's so weird. The bottom line is, complaints from wrestlers were going upstairs. You know, beyond the booking office. You have business that's not doing well. You have this disaster of a sumo hall double shot, which was a complete failure. And then that made the people above Takagi. Because remember, Sanshiro Takagi is the president of the, you know, pro wrestling arm of, of, of that company or whatever. But it made people above Takagi start taking a closer look. And then they're saying, now, wait a minute. Why aren't we doing... Why Why is Noah doing business with all these other promotions and they're not doing business with DDT? Why aren't we making any money? Why do we have all of these 50-year-old guys with these bloated contracts and it's not being reflected in our attendances or our bottom line? So then once you have uh, the suits above the pro wrestling arm of the company really drilling down and examining this stuff, it was only a matter of time. And the decision, Takagi, now this falls on Takagi. He's got to make the call, okay? Now, the twist here in the story is Nosawa Rangai, in a lot of ways, ended up just being a scapegoat and a fall guy because they don't renew him. They hand the book to Kendo Kashin. You're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic now. This is just window dressing because nothing's going to change. Right. If, if anything, it's going to get worse because – Kashin has a closer relationship to Muto, who is really the guy pulling the strings. Keiji Muto is the puppet master. Okay. Nosawa may have been the booker. He may have had the title, but if Muto, what Muto says goes, because as I've written about before, and this comes from the wrestlers in the locker room, Nosawa respects Muto too much to tell him no. So Muto knows he could step in at any time and make a decision. And Nosawa was going to go along with it because Nosawa feels like he owes his career to Muto. And he's not going to disrespect him and tell him no. And even though he's out, Kashin is arguably even closer to Muto. So Takagi, who is also close to Muto, it's all cronyism, okay? To his bosses, he has made a change. But his bosses are not privy to the politics of pro wrestling. And these people, you know, it's all window dressing. Takagi can go to his bosses now and say, all right, we got rid of that guy. We're going to try something different uh, with this new booker. And I'm sure there'll be some changes. And I wouldn't be shocked now if they start integrating DDT more. But at the end of the day, Kendo Kashin, this may even be worse than Nosawa. You see, <laughs> yeah. the, thing, the thing about Nosawa, the wrong guy, was he tried to do some things with the younger wrestlers. A perfect example was last week when they booked uh, Nakajima to beat Hideki Suzuki, uh, not last week, about a month ago in Cork and Hall, they booked, he booked Nakajima to beat Hideki Suzuki ahead of the tag team title match, right? So that's just classic pro wrestling booking. One of the challengers wins a singles match against one of the champions, and then you have the title match a month later, right? It's like builds heat for the title match, and you know then the champions retain, but you're, you're putting heat on the match, right? It's just classic pro wrestling booking. But you know, as we talked about, uh, last week, and or as I wrote about last week, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show, you know, Hideki Suzuki pulled the, that's not going to work for me, brother, and he got it changed to a draw because he's part of that whole clique with Muto 
and with uh, Masakatsu Funaki and with uh, Kaz Fujita and, you know, with Nosawa and with Kendo Kashin. And Kashin's even closer to these guys than Nosawa was. So Kashin's going to do their bidding. Okay, what this is and what the younger wrestlers have expressed to me, what the what the wrestlers under contract have expressed to us, because they know the score. It's not like these guys don't know what's going on. They it, it's Muto and Kashin and all of his cronies, and they're pushing themselves to the top because they're squeezing all they can out of this company while they can until the jig is up. And the jig isn't up yet because they've bought themselves some more time by installing Kashin as the new you know, puppet booker, when really it's Muto pulling all the strings. So eventually the house of cards will crumble. Yeah, it always does. Will, it always does. And the, yeah, and the people above Takagi will figure it out because they're going to continue not to draw. They're going to continue. And, and then what happens? Rich, everything we've talked about for over a year, <laughs> what's going to happen is all these old guys are finally going to be out, okay, because they're going to get somebody in there with a spine who isn't loyal to these dudes. And, you know, they're going to continue to not make money. And that's going to be the bottom line. All these old guys are going to be out. And what's Noah going to be left with? A pile of bodies who've been buried for a year, a year and a half, two years, three years, while all of these, you know, 50 plus year old dudes who weren't drawing money to begin with, uh, you know, waltz on and find their new money mark. And so it goes. And it's just a repeating process that's been going on for years. And it'll just be on to the next one. You know, maybe they'll latch on to Gleet. Or maybe they'll latch on to something new. Or it, it never ends. But that's that's what's happening. So the whole twist here is Nosawa's out. But nothing's going to change. And arguably, with Kashin in place, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, that's what's going on. Uh, Kendo Kashin is taking over. Uh, he, he will, he, his, 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 uh. Ten years Booker begins with the next Corkin show, which I believe is in a few hours. But uh, but you know, and, and you might see some on the surface cosmetic changes at first, um, because now they know people are are uh, you know above their heads or paying closer attention. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to change. Um, Muto's going to make sure that himself and all of his buddies are pushed, and that they're making all the money. Uh, and that's not and, you know. And now you add Satoshi Kojima to the mix, where. At least with Satoshi Kojima, who's part of this whole crew, make no mistake. Oh, uh, right? always has been too. He's, a, he's you know, he, him and Muto are super tight. Now, I'm not saying he's doing anything nefarious. They called New Japan. They wanted to make this happen. Kojima was agreeable to it, and why wouldn't he be? He's going to go to Noah. He's going to work on top for a while. He's probably going to win their title because. Uh, and I wrote about this uh, a few days ago. You know, the idea now, and Muto's already planting these seeds on commentary is if Kojima wins the GHC title, and he's next, he's next, he's facing Goshi Ozaki, I don't remember the date, um, then Muto and Kojima will both have been, the they'll be the only active Grand Slam winners, the IWGP, GHC, and Triple Crown titles. They'll be the only two active wrestlers to have held all three of those titles, and they'll be the only two wrestlers, period, in wrestling history to have held those three titles and the NWA world title. So, they feel like that could be a money match doing Kojima versus Muto with all of that at stake. The only two super grand slam winners ever with potentially the GHC title at stake. And that could be uh, the new match that they have earmarked for Budokan in July, where, you know, the original idea was Muto versus Fujita with Muto coming in as the national champ, Fujita coming in as the GHC champ. I wrote about this months ago, Yeah, but then Muto hurt his hip. Okay. 
Uh, then they shifted it, and you know, then they were thinking about, all right, well, if Muto can't make the match, maybe we'll do with Junakiyama, and you know, and then Fujita got COVID and had to relinquish the titles, so then that got all that; those plans got all torn up. Now you bring in Kojima, and Kojima's facing Go Shiozaki, and he's probably going to win that. Uh, and now maybe Koji- Kojima Muto will end up being that match. In, in July in Budokan. And maybe it'll draw, maybe it won't. I have no idea. But to the younger wrestlers, they see Kojima coming in and they just see another old guy taking yeah, another right, spot. Right, right. Yeah, we love you know, him because, you know, he, he's Kojima and we like him as a wrestler a little bit more. But, like, yeah, make no question. It's 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 the same thing. And, like, he's not... he. As as well, he's not going to say if if Muto says, "Hey man, I want you to win," you know, the, the, I want you to win the title, and we're going to face each other in Sumo Hall. He's probably not going to say, "Nah, nah," you know, "Nah." I mean, yeah, he's going to say, "Sure, fuck yeah," right? Like, why would he not? Of course, he's coming there. He's obviously was given some sort of promise, some sort of discussion was had, and and, and yeah, Kojima is still, you know, he's still a dude, you know, he, he's still. Well, a, he's that's a, the thing. I saw some people saying that was a disappointing X, and maybe it was for a certain segment of fans, but. When when you consider the history here and the fact that he's going to chase the one, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, title yeah. he hasn't won, it, it it was a you know it was a pretty significant deal to to bring him in, and I don't think anybody saw it coming. But again, he's an old pal of Muto. Everybody knows the history, right? And, and if, if, he's, if you're going to roll out the red carpet for this guy and say, "Hey, I'm going to give you the title, and we're going to main event a giant show together," he's not going to say no. I mean, he's going to say, yeah. "Sure, fuck yeah." Pay off that comes with that and everything else. Yeah, you know, and, not an and, idiot. And he's it's not a dummy. And he I have, what he's doing. And I have to make this clear: he's still under contract in New Japan. So it's not as if, you know, this is this is every single contact that got back to us said that he's still under contract in New Japan and they don't believe this is a jump. So it's not a full on okay. jump yet, yeah. No, and now listen, we now the the disclaimer with all of this is we've seen this happen many times over the last few years where somebody will make, you know, a quote unquote soft jump and or be on loan. And then they end up never going back. Right. We just saw that with Jun Akiyama. Remember, he was supposed to be on loan to DDT from all and he never went back. He just stayed. Okay. It's almost like sometimes these guys they go to this new place, they work for a while, and like, you know what? Sometimes the grass is a little greener. You know, or they, they get a better deal or it's or they feel like it's more stable or whatever the case may right. be. Right. Or, or also it, it could also be a lot of PR as well, where you make it seem like it's less so this guy's jumping, you know, this guy. And, and that's yeah. like, that's a big yeah. deal in Japan. Like jumps are a big deal in Japan. It makes a lot of people wonder, well, why is he jumping this company? Why is he leaving this company? Like, like jumps have been the, one of the biggest, I mean, honestly, you, you go through the history of Japanese wrestling, like jumps are what has, has kickstarted and killed many, many. I mean, it's a huge yeah. deal when a yeah. guy just says, fuck this, I'm out and joins another company. It's a big deal. So I think maybe now there, a lot of these people are a little bit more careful about it. And even if like there's an agreement, and I, this is pure speculation, I'm just saying here. Pure speculation, just so, so it doesn't get any, anybody misconstrues it. But it could be a situation where Kojima says, you know, to, goes to New Japan and say, hey, hey, I have this deal on the table. And New Japan says, oh, well, you got to take that deal. But let's, you know, let's say it's a loan. And if you want to stay there, you can stay there. But we'll just, we'll, we'll make it seem like this soft kind of PR. It's a soft jump, as you said, or a loan so or nobody whatever. Looks, so no one looks bad. Right. So it's not like one day Kojima shows up and then he's deleted off the New Japan roster. And you go, and then people say, oh, what's going on? Or why do you, you know what? This way is a lot easier to do it. I, the Junakiyama thing very likely probably was the same. A lot of people s- kind of got that sense when he was doing the loan thing with DDT yeah. that this didn't feel yeah. like it was a the soft loan or the you know the soft that it was like he's just going all the way. But they didn't want all Japan to feel like 
Junai Kama just fucking left all Japan and he's done and he's never coming back. Because that, again, like that company is especially over the last decade has had a lot of blows to it of people bouncing and people leaving or whatever and, and, and going elsewhere. So I, I think, again, I don't know if that's what's actually going on with Kojima, I, but. Yeah, yeah, it's plausible. I mean, it's a good PR I, way to have a guy jump, quote unquote, nowadays without having to be like a, a big time news yeah. story at this guy jumping, which Kojima has done in the. Which he's not against because he's done it before that, in the, the past. Yeah. Kojima is not averse. To <laughs> he making, is not. <laughs> to making moves if he feels like they're good for his career because, you know. He went with Muto. He left New Japan with Muto originally. I mean, I, I'm sure most of our listeners know that, but maybe some of them don't. You know, when when Anokiism was really taking hold, and and Muto and, and and Kojima looked around and said, "This place isn't for us anymore." So let's get the hell out of Dodge. And he followed Muto to All Japan. Yeah. And Kojima went on to have like the best run of his career. You know, and pushed had, immediately right out of the gates too. Because if you if you look at his New Japan run, he was a guy who was you know in tags and doing stuff. And he was a multiple time tag team champion, all that sort of stuff. But but he looked around and said, Nah, I'm never I'm never getting to the main event with these guys around. And said, Fuck it. And and Muto, you know, gave him that proud. And 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 yeah, it was almost immediate that Kojima was in the top. And then like you said, had one of the best runs of his entire career and really set the, the stage best. for the next decade of his career of being a top well, top dude. He not only had the best run of his career with All Japan and won the Triple Crown and all that. But when New Japan was then crumbling and falling apart because Enokiism didn't work, they who'd they come crawling they came to? Right back Kojima to him and gave him the title. Because said... Kojima was one of the biggest stars in Japan at that time. Now right. Japan was was wasn't exactly thriving. It was a down period. Uh, but the point is, they went crawling back to him. He didn't go back to them. Okay, so then he came in and did the whole thing with with Tenzan, and, and, and you know people can go look that up. We don't have time for that today. That we were planning on doing a Kojima deep dive at one point but it just it was so comprehensive and deep that we like it was almost too deep for it yeah you gave me the list of matches and i think it was like 37 matches and i was like all right we got to pare this thing down a little bit maybe one day we'll get around to it because it's pretty interesting stuff oh yeah the point here is you know new New japan came back to him and said come save us and you know he went back and did that angle and and then uh eventually jumped back all the way because again it looked like a better situation that was that was uh, that was percolating there as opposed to all Japan. Uh, so he's not someone averse to checking out the lay of the land and seeing what's better for him and then making a move. Okay, I know he's uh, the affable uh, bread guy who everybody loves, who seems you know like grandfatherly at this point. But uh, look, is it out? Look, every single person. I've had at least three or four wrestlers in that locker room tell us directly this is a loan he is under new japan contract so that's what i'm going to tell my customers and my listeners what they're telling me is it impossible that he stays there absolutely not for all the reasons we just talked about i'm not trying to drum up i'm not trying to drum up a scoop or try to be controversial or be i'm just saying the reality is it's not impossible that he never goes back I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't even think I would bet on that. But can it happen? It absolutely can happen. But uh, at least in the short term, look, he's getting a superstar push. He's getting a top guy push. He's going to face Go Shiozaki at the Cyber Festival or whatever. And then there's a good chance he's going to win that match because Shiozaki's not supposed to be champion to begin with. It's only because Fujita caught COVID. So there's a good chance he's going to win that match and face Muto in the main event of Budokan Hall. Is he doing any of that for New Japan? No. Is the money better in New Japan? Of course it is. But 
top guy money in Noah, where you're basically shaking down this company that doesn't know what's going on with all these cronies versus prelim guy money in New Japan. I mean, you know, maybe it's comparable. Maybe it's a little less. Maybe it's a little more. I don't know the details on it, but he's also 51 years old and maybe he sees this. Hey, look. I could work on top again. Right. And that's never going to happen in New right. Japan. Right. So this is it. This is my last time. New Japan, no, it is never going to happen again. We've said for years, and, and, and I, I think we're probably past that point too, but there was a, a time even five years ago where we said, you know, it'd be kind of fun to just have like a one off Kojima, man, because he could still go. Like, and that was the problem. And, and we many times complained that, like, it kind of sucks that he was in there with, uh, uh, with Tenzan, and yeah, we understand that Tenkoji, obviously, the, the, the you know the, the star power of that history tag team and, and all the that, history yeah. and that sort of stuff. But we were always like, man, I really wish Tenzan would just retire, not because I don't want to see Tenzan anymore, because like I think like you could do a little micro run with Kojima. I think you could realistically have that dude, you know, go for the title at, at, at some random show or whatever. And no, you're not giving him the title. You're not putting him in that position. But yeah, having him go for it. But that's us saying three or four years ago, hey, it'd be kind of cool for him to get a one-off title shot against Okada or whatever, whereas now Noah's going to give him you know, the title and have him made a made made show. Yeah, and be the top star star in the company. Sure, you got to take that. You got to take that if it's offered to you. Kojima got that last little run at the top in like 2012. We're talking a decade ago. Right, right, right. Because New Japan, they will downcycle you even when you have something left in the tank. And move on to the next thing, which is what all smart wrestling promotions should do. Okay, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's right. Uh, They could have gotten more out of Kojima. They could have gotten more out of Yuji Nagata than they've gotten the last decade. You know, but uh, they could have gotten more out of Jushin Thunder Liger the last 10 years of his career. But they don't do things that way because they understand that in pro wrestling, it's all about it never ends. And it's all about building the next wave. And that never ends. And as soon as you stop doing that, you're dead. So they did downcycle these guys probably a few years before they ceased being useful. And listen, I think Kojima can still be useful now at 51. Rich, he's definitely a better worker than than broken down Keiji Muto. Oh, Jesus Christ, yes. He's, He's way better than Fujita at this point. He's better than Masakatsu Funaki at this point and always was. He's better than Sakuraba. He's better than all of these uh, guys that they're pushing right now. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't hate it. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being, you know, you know, I, I hypocritical or whatever, but I, I just think Kojima's a better worker than all those guys. So, like, there might be people saying, oh, well, you don't like when they push those old guys, but you like when they push that old guy. Yes, I do, because that old guy fucking rocks still. That old at guy can still it, work still. Yeah, so that's yes. it. At, le- at least this one can still go. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the difference. You know, it's still... Uh, You're right. I not, am being a hypocrite, because this guy rules, and those guys don't anymore. So it's, it's still not particularly wise for them to just add another one to, to this roster <laughs> that's just going to eat another spot. It's not wise. Uh, but at least we finally have one now that can have acceptable matches in 2022, whereas most of those other guys, uh, most of the time, uh, decidedly cannot... Unless, you know, like Fujita is stiffing people and legitimately beating them up because he can't perform up. Like he can't perform well unless he's beating people up at this point in his career. So, uh, so yeah, that's the deal with Kojima. I mean, you know, we'll see. But uh, he, he is still technically a New Japan wrestler and this is just going to be a limited run. And maybe he's done after Budokan and maybe he's not. I don't know. But uh, wrong guy's out. It was a it was a you know, totality of issues. Uh, we now know that uh, you know the big suits up the ladder are paying closer attention now. So there's going to be a little more pressure here for all these guys to get their act together. I think one of the other big takeaways for me 
was people who thought at some point, you know, Sanshiro Takagi was going to swoop in and, and save the day. I mean, he's in he's in bed with Muto too. I mean, you're not getting any, you know, it's not a matter of him. He's not going to poke his beak in and, and save things. He's only going to continue to make them worse. He had the power. This was his chance to clean house, Takagi. And he didn't have the guts to do it. That's the bottom line with Takagi. This was his chance to clean house. This was his chance to say, wrong guy, your contract's up. You're out. Take all of these guys with you. Whatever you got left on your contracts will take the loss, hit the bricks. Yeah, right. And, and install somebody else, right? Or, in, or just install someone else and say, he's the boss. You do what he's told. If you don't like it, you can hit the bricks. Okay? You're under contract another year, two years, whatever. Okay, that's fine. But you guys are doing, you know, you're putting people over now. And if you don't like it, see ya. And then we're not paying you. You walk out, we're not paying you. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He just installed the next puppet. Right. So Takagi's not the answer either. Right. And and the problem too, when you do something like that though, um, you're next. You know what I mean? Like, cause yes. the next time that this comes down, if 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 one Kendo Kashin doesn't uh turn things around and Joe, I am gonna go out on a limb and say he will not. Um you know, then now to I mean if I'm Takagi, this would have been a great opportunity to throw all those guys under the bus and say, Hey, look, no, 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 no. I have nothing to do with those, you know, no, 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 no. And and because the next time they're gonna come for him, man. You know what I mean? Like that's you you don't get another chance. You don't get a okay, now who do you want to hire, you know, to to run the show? It's like, no, it's you, pal. Like, wait a minute, we told you to you know get things on track, get things back on on, you know, the way they were supposed to be, and it didn't happen, you know, hypothetically, you know, if it doesn't happen, which it's not going to, uh, if it doesn't happen, like then now he's got an answer to that. So that's it's a tough decision he just made as well i mean he, he really just eh, sticks his neck out for those guys and and you know hey it, it works for some people because it gives you jobs for the rest of your life apparently but um and you can just kind of leech off of promotion after promotion but uh i don't know if those are the guys right now in the, in 2022 especially when you uh, you know you have a pretty good standing in ddt and, and and whatnot and the backing of a a pretty you know conglomerate or whatever i i think i might have just thrown those guys under the bus and saved my own ass but you know you know, it, it, the other thing is now they're, they've really begun to lose the whole locker room. I mean, we get these quotes from these wrestlers, some of which we print in the story, some that we don't. And we know the discontent with Congo. Uh, they're they're all fed up, especially Nakajima. Uh, you know, I don't know the deal with Nakajima, whether it's because all of these older guys still see him as a kid because he started when he was 14 years old and, you know, he was um, – uh, you know, uh, Kensuke Sasaki's young boy and literal adopted son. And maybe they just don't see him as an equal because of that. But, you know, they just, that guy can't catch a break. Maybe, maybe he's an asshole. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that either. I mean, he could be a little prick. And then on top of everything else, they just don't want to put him over. I don't know. But Congo, as they're fed up. And then we see quotes, you know, and, and, and the impression I get from, when we get quotes from the, from some of these wrestlers is it's not even that they're mad. They just know the score, right? They're not dumb. like, they just, they just know the score. They're like, look, this is how it is. Right. They know you what's know? happening I mean, around I, them. Yeah. There, there's always this idea that like wrestlers are, are, are dumb and they don't understand. And that they, no, they, they get it. Like these guys, they're still professionals. A lot of them are still going to go out there and do their job, but like, yeah, a lot of them will roll out of the ring, go to the back. And, and, and when they're, when they're with their buds or they're out of the show, They'll, they'll bitch and moan and say, yeah, this shit's stupid, man. Like, we all know what's going on. And they're not dumb. They know what's going on around them. It, we all, that what, what, what we see, they see and they know. And, and it's, 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 and it's they good know to better get the, than we do. They're, right. they're there. They know even and more. Like, God, they know way more than we do. God only knows and, and, what's going on back there. 
even more. The four, the the ex wrestle one guys. It's like <laughs> they can tell you. The impression I get from them is they're just like they they it's just it's hard for me to explain. There's not really a sense of anger. It's more this just is what it is. Yeah, they were in the it's, war. They they know that they're they're sitting there with their you know with their arm in a sling saying yeah like yeah <laughs> I could have told you you know as they they rip a cigarette going I mean fuck war is war I mean I could have told you this is what was going to happen so the, the feel you get is like well this is just how it is this is how it was then and this is right. the same is how it is now and you know what are you going to do you just punch the clock and go to work and you know they've got the spots and they're going to make all the money and. And we're not, and and they just—that's the impression you get. And um, when when you hear what these guys have to say, and uh, look, that's pro. Re- look, you think this is exclusive to pro wrestling? Oh, Noah, in twenty twenty. No. This is how pro wrestling has been forever, and in, in in many places. I mean, this is WCW all over again, except WCW was a success for eighteen months. It, that's what this is. It's the best comparison I can give people. This is. Hogan and Hall and Nash and all those guys just protecting their spots at the expense of everybody else, giving lip service to to put new guys over, um, pretending to put people over, but really burying them further. Hogan, you know, losing to Kidman. And oh. going down the <laughs> he loves that. He would tell the, everybody that one for a decade. Have you ever seen? Do you do you remember what happened in that segment? Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Eric Bischoff hit Hulk Hogan with a chair. <laughs> And then Kidman <laughs> pinned him, and they're like, yep, there you go. We yeah. we put and, him over. So and Hogan beat him can, like a drum at the pay-per-views. Yeah, and it's just so Hogan can stop listening to, you know, so he can tell people, see, I put someone over. That's the equivalent of Hideki Suzuki ag- agreeing to a draw with Nakajima. <laughs> right, saying, right, right. Is Eric Bischoff hitting I'll, Hogan I'll, with a chair and Kidman yeah. pinning him. Yeah, is, is the, the I'll, put him, I'll, I'll put him over later, I promise. Which is, <laughs> right, just which, I, trust which, me. Which, which in this case, okay, is exactly what he said last time. Okay, <laughs> when we say that we understand this stuff and we've been around the block a few times, we're those Wrestle One wrestlers. We've been there. We understand it. We know the score. This one is literally deja vu because <laughs> same two two years ago, the same thing happened, and and I want to say wrong guy was the Booker then too, but I, I'm not positive. I, I, because he was case, Booker, but... he was Booker before the new ownership too, and, and they inherited him. I don't know the exact timeline. The point here is, this happened in like 2020, where Suzuki refused to job to Nakajima. They did a draw, where they did a draw where Nakajima got like the majority of the offense. The same Hulk Hogan patting him on the head kind of deal, you know, and with the promise of, let's, I'll do a draw now. He could beat me later. And then what did he do? He left the company and went to WWE. He went to WWE and never, never did the job that he promised to do. Comes back from WWE. They book him again in the same building to lose to Nakajima. He once again refuses to do the job. With the and promise instead of telling of, him to go fuck himself and get out of here yeah. and never come back, which is what I would do. If you're With Hideki Suzuki, who's never drawn a fucking dime, in Jesus life. Christ! At least it's Hulk Hogan. At least when Hulk Hogan politics you, it's Hulk freaking Hogan. You know what I mean? With, with once again the promise of he can beat me later, brother. I yeah. promise. And they change it to a draw again. It's it's like <laughs> this is literally history repeating, like literally. So dumb. In this case, and so it goes, you know. And it's like that's the equivalent of the, the of Hogan patting Kidman on the head. 
It's the same thing. And if you look at Nakajima's – now, look, Nakajima in the ring is a pro. He busts his ass. Um, you know, he he works hard. But his body language otherwise tells a different story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When each and every night after another job, he's getting carried out of the ring, you know, by his Congo boys or, or just, you know, leaving in disgust. And it's just – these guys, they know the score. You know, and 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 especially the ex Wrestle One guys, they know what's up, um, and nothing's going to change with this booking change. And you know, when it when it comes to the Sauron guy, just to wrap it up, I mean, you know, he he allowed this to happen. It's his fault that he lost this job because you know he just too much loyalty, you know, and and loyalty ahead of of doing the right thing for for himself and for business. And at the same time, no, he was a fall guy here. You know, he, he was a scapegoat and uh, they made a change without really making a change and arguably have, have things will arguably get worse with caution in the seat. So um, there's a full report behind the paywall with way more details, uh, some great quotes from the locker room, uh, more details, uh, you know, wrong. And of course, Rich, of course. Wrong guys telling people he's got himself a money mark and he's starting up a lucha. <laughs> I hope he promotion. does. Yeah, I hope he does, man. I'm great. I love, I'm so, here for it. Yeah, that's what he's telling people. And as a result, he 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 already arguably got one guy to reconsider resigning a new contract because Yohei might be on the way out. So um, he's taking all of his uh, Peros del Mal cronies with him. None of those guys were under contract anyway. They were all working freelance. Um, and with wrong guy out, you know, the caution is not going to keep booking those guys. So they're all leaving with him. He's telling them that they're going to freelance for a while and he's got a money backer and he's going to start up a new Lucha promotion in, in Japan. I love wrestling so, so much. Wrestling's the best. That's just such a pro wrestling. <laughs> and, 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 and Yohei is telling people that he's not going to resign. He's going to finish up his bookings. Uh, if they want him to, to, to work freelance shots like Katero Suzuki, Katero Suzuki's out too. I didn't write about that, but he was freelancing for them and he, he won't, maybe he's got beef with caution. I don't know the backstory there, but he's done. Um, so I don't know where he's going to end up, but, uh, Yohei looks like he'll probably at minimum, he's not under contract because he didn't read. They offered him a deal and he didn't sign it. He's not going to sign it. So, uh, that's what's going on. More details behind the paywall. I think we had two, the report today. And then I had a report with all the Kojima stuff. Uh, uh, just a couple days ago, because it was yeah. right after the second Sumo Hall show. So, um, you know, no one else is reporting on this stuff. So, you know, I if if you, if you want the Noah news, this is literally the only place. This is not a cheesy come on to subscribe to our Patreon, but no one else is reporting on this stuff. So, uh, you know, if you want the Noah news, you, you, you got to throw us the five bucks if you want to uh, get all the details on that. But. Uh, that's going on, Pro Wrestling Noah. You want to plug the Patreon now? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Pat- uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, right? uh, as you mentioned there, $5 tier for all of that stuff. And we have a, a bunch of other stuff this week. This is a huge week uh, for content-wise. Uh, plenty of stuff went up there. Another episode of my Slamboree Jamboree went up, covering 1994 uh, Slamboree main event. 1995 coming very soon as well, so we're going to work through all the Slamboree. You, you said Classic WCW. We're going to very soon get into uh, very, very Classic WCW with uh, the, the Hogan coming in and, and just... 
crazy stuff, but sometimes you just need some WCW in your life, uh, and I'm uh, glad to do it again here with the Slamboree Jamboree. So 1994 is up. Uh, 1995 will be up pretty soon. 1993 uh, also up last week as well. Your match of the week this week uh, from my favorite, probably my favorite, classic territory, Continental, Brad Armstrong and the Bullet versus Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden from uh, uh, October 28th, 1985. So that is there. Uh, if you've never seen the match of the week that we do at Flagship Patreon, uh, you do a quick little write-up about the match, kind of give you some some details, some background, uh, then you have a link to the match, and then we uh, will obviously have discussion usually going on uh, on our Discord, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord, that will uh, you know be about that match. Yeah, so people asking questions, people reviewing the match, people talking about the era. It's, it's always kind of a fun stuff, but uh, yeah, if you haven't watched that one, definitely go out of your way. I love, love, love Classic Continental, and, and, and yeah, I was really happy to see that be the match of the week this week, so... Um it's a match I think I've seen before, but it's been a while, so I actually am going to go back and rewatch it sometime pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for Continental, you know that, so I'm, I'm very glad to see that pop up again uh, on the uh, on the Patreon. And then uh, I did a Q and A this week as well, so I answered a, a bunch of questions about an hour and fifteen minutes uh, of questions. Uh, you have a new written column called "Pacing the Den" about the Cody Tell, aka when you know that Vince McMahon is going to be sick of when Vince McMahon is done with Cody Rhodes. This is how you will know, and you kind of break that down there. Uh, you do a little bit about how wrestling fans do actually want to be worked and how cool that is. Uh, and then a topic we'll get to in a little bit, and it's Forbidden Dorks, which uh, we will get to Forbidden Dorks uh, here very, very yeah, shortly. So the, so the pacing, the, well, basically the pacing the den, and that's on the $10 tier because that's uh, written content. Um, that That's kind of like a written version of when I do the intelligentsia, except in written form. So I, it's when I have some ideas of things I want to write about, but none of them are deep enough for its own full-fledged column. So I'll do a couple quick hitter topics uh, where I have some thoughts and it's basically the intelligentsia in written form. So yeah, those were the three topics I hit uh, this week, uh, the Cody tell, and then, uh, you know, why it's so great when wrestling promotions work us. And uh, we'll talk about that later too, I guess, because we're going to talk about Dantaku, right? So um, do we even have, did we even put Dantaku on I the have it on there. It's there, it's there, okay. it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's there. so when we, you know, so I really, you know, obviously Juice Robinson worked all of us and, and you know, I read about how great that was and why that, you know, still, we think we want to know everything, but we really don't. And it's better when we don't. And then, uh, yeah, and then I wrote a little bit about the, uh, <laughs> the forbidden door and how, uh, you know, as soon as it sells out, you know where the narrative is going to shift to, and that's, you know, scalpers. And that's what we're seeing all day today now that the forbidden door has sold out, you know, instantly. So a um, little more on that as well. So, yeah, that's what, that's what the, 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 uh, the pacing, the den is. That's uh, a new column I'm going to try to do semi-frequently where I hit off on a bunch of topics. And then, uh, Rich, we can't forget to tell people that Double or Nothing is this month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you want the live instant reaction Double or Nothing show, you've, you've got to get on the $10 tier this month. And because Double or Nothing is like May 29th or something like that. I believe that's like the exact day. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's Sunday before um, uh, Moral Day, right? Yep. Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you are on the $5 tier or if you are not a subscriber and you're someone who normally upgrades to 10 or subscribes during AEW pay-per-view months, because we do have a lot of people who subscribe for the pay-per-view instant reaction and then they unsubscribe and right. they wait for the next pay-per-view. But that's and dumb. That, you know, Why are you doing that this month? That's really dumb. Well, yeah, my point is don't wait for the pay-per-view this month because then you're only going to get like three days worth of worth of subscription out of that $10. So get in now. If you're someone who's on the five that wants to upgrade, do it now. And if you're somebody who just parachutes in for the pay-per-view instant reactions, 
subscribe as soon as possible and get the most out of your money. Don't wait till the 29th to subscribe because then you're only getting a couple days worth of uh, content out of your subscription. So I like it better when the AEW pay-per-views are at the beginning of the month because then people get more of their, you know, and everybody subscribes, they get their money's worth. This is tricky when it's at the end of the month. Yeah, we always I, feel I, bad. We always and we always like last week we told people like don't subscribe this week, like subscribe next week because this week you're only yeah. going to get like a couple days of content. And yeah, this is another weird one where a lot of people will jump in on the 29th for the the, the instant reaction, which is great. We love that, but it's like man, you could have had you know two three weeks of everything that we do here at the ten dollar yeah. deal. You could listen, yeah. go back and listen to years worth of shows if you really want to, really grind. And and if it's only like a month that you want to subscribe and you only want to hear the instant reaction, we we get it. But yeah, get the most bang for your buck, and the most bang for your buck is doing that as soon as possible. Uh, and not just waiting until the 29th. Cause yeah, 29th, you're going to get what three days out of it total. So yeah. yeah. So get those subs in now for that $10 tier. Yep. You're going to get all the written content with that $10 tier as well. Uh, if you want to, li- if you know, you're going to subscribe for that instant reaction for double or nothing anyway, and you know, you're going to don't, you know, if, if you're normally one of those people that impulse buys it after the pay-per-view, the AW pay-per-views are always great and they're always newsworthy if nothing else. And then we look, we see it. And then we see all these people subscribing five minutes before we start the instant reaction show. Don't do it that way and stress yourself out. Just do it now. Just just, just subscribe now. And then you know you're good. And then you can just relax on the night of the pay-per-view, watch the damn thing, and then uh, and then and then listen to us break it down afterwards. So just wanted to let everybody know. And I'm gonna pound this home in the next couple of weeks. Do it now. Don't wait till the 29th. I that 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 is a extremely uh, inefficient use of your money to do it that way. So, anything else with the Patreon? Or are we are we going to hit another one of these millions of topics? Yeah. So I, I also drank uh, flaming hot Mountain Dew as well. So a, a thirteen minute review of uh, Mountain Dew flaming hot uh, is behind the paywall. Sounds well, so. disgusting. It. Um... You'll well, have don't to tell people. You'll have to listen to find out. You'll have to listen yeah. to find out about Mountain yeah. Dew flaming hot. I can't. I cannot give away. Uh, the results of, of the Mountain Dew Flaming Hot review. You can find that out at Rich Drinks, $5 tier, flashyourpatreon.com. All right, let's get to some of these other topics. Do you want to uh, do the Hello Fresh or do you want to do a topic? No, I'll do a topic and then we'll, okay. we'll we'll give our friends. I don't want to do back to back, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll give them, give, give them a break and then we'll do Hello Fresh. But let's talk about this because uh, we won't have a ton to talk about with this one, but uh, you, you mentioned it in the uh, Pacing the Den, the Forbidden Dorks. And uh, Joe. Despite New Japan on Access scoring a uh, 0.0 in the 18-49 demo with only 46,000 viewers a few weeks back, and even with the Forbidden Door appealing to the male niche within a niche, within a niche, within a niche, Joe, it did not take a lot of work to sell out that United Center because they sold out that United Center almost instantly with their pre-sale today. Uh, ticket, more tickets will go on sale by the time most of the people listen to this, but that will all sell out as well. This fucking thing's selling out again, of course, as it always does. We always have the same... Yeah fucking conversation it's always like ah they're running chicago again there's no way people are gonna buy tickets for a wrestling show in chicago again and uh aw uh, i don't know are they gonna be able to sell this thing out oh new japan no one's gonna care about new japan and this thing fucking sold out in seconds the scalp tickets are insane they're crazy high value i mean it's like stop with this are we done let's get out we're done with this like stop they they're a hot ticket they will remain a hot ticket for a while uh, and all japan or, or, or all elite wrestling new japan for wrestling a very very hot ticket in chicago because that thing sold out instantly in the united center a very very big arena huge arena and uh yeah it, it's it's pretty much done few seats will be left uh for the general public uh, by the time most of you guys listen to this and then those will all be definitely scooped up and gone right away and then you'll have to pay uh i don't know 
five times right now. It's like five or six times face value uh, for your ticket on uh, on the secondary market. Maybe that'll go down as we get a little bit closer. But uh, you're probably not getting in for uh, you're not getting in for twenty bucks. That's all I'll say. No matter what. So yeah, once again, uh, despite being a male niche within a niche within a niche within a niche, uh, did not take a lot of work to sell out the United Center. That that's United Center, I should say. Imagine if they appealed to the casual fan how well <laughs> this company if they could do. actually sell tickets if they just appealed to the casual fan. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 really incredible. Because uh, they're confusing their their fans because their fans are like, oh, who are these wrestlers from the Orient? I don't know who these men are. I I can't possibly watch a show with these men. Like, yeah, Kazucha Kaokata. No, I mean I'm an AEW fan. I don't know who that guy is. I'm not buying a ticket to this show. I refuse to. So, you know, I think only the truly dumbest among us thought that this show wasn't going to sell out instantly. I mean, let's be honest. Right. I think the more interesting discussion and the more interesting prediction is how the pay-per-view itself is going to do. Uh, you just talked about my column pacing the Dan. I talk about this a little bit. I'm firmly on the side that I think this pay-per-view is going to do extremely well. Now, I don't know how to define extremely well. Do I think it's going to do as much as Punk's return? I think I'd balk at going that far. Uh, do I think it's going to do in range of what recent AEW pay-per-views have been doing and possibly do more? Yeah, I do. I, I, do I really yeah. think it has a chance. I did, you you know, know, a couple I, weeks ago, we talked about it. And, and, and like I just don't understand what AEW fan that likes AEW and purchases AEW pay-per-views wouldn't want to watch the show. Like, Why would you say? They're all going to buy it. They're all going to buy it, and then you're also going to get fans that might not order every All Japan or I keep saying All Japan for some reason, All Elite Wrestling show, and they are going to say, "Well, you know, hey, well, New Japan guys are there. Cool, I'm going to watch those." Like you're, 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 you know, despite some dorks saying it's a niche of a niche of a niche within a niche or whatever, yeah, it is. But like those fans are going to be able to buy, like those fans that don't maybe normally buy AEW shows might start buying this show. So yeah, it's going to do better. Like I, 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 I the Punk one. I think we got to throw that one out. I, I honestly think that All Out, just like Rampage, I think Rampage and All Out pretty much have to be thrown out because I don't know that they're going to be fair to judge anything on those standards ever again. I don't think they're ever, I, I don't know that they're going to reach that high again uh, with the Rampage. I, I, very likely they will not. And, and and All Out, again, we, we, you know, we saw it in our own business as well. We saw it in the website business. We saw it in the Patreon business. You and I have kind of decided, hey, let's just maybe not count that month anymore because it was so fucking insane. People were going yeah. nuts consuming pro wrestling as much as they possibly could, buying everything they could, buying tickets, buying shows, buying pay-per-views, all that sort of stuff. There was just an, a different level of intrigue and excitement when Punk came back. So that's almost a completely different month on, on, to, on its own. To but. give you an idea of what Rich is talking about, okay, um, every month when we – when when the Patreon subs come in for the month, I send Rich a text that that goes something approximating this. We just broke our record again, not counting all out month. So it's like that's an anomaly. The punk return was a complete anomaly for everyone. It did it was the only AEW pay-per-view that broke two hundred thousand buys. The punk return on Rampage. Rampage is never gonna touch that kind of viewership number again from that second rampage and, and even for, you know um, you know, and that's, and that trickled down. I mean, I'm sure that the observer site and fightful and anybody else involved in, in pro wrestling um, had their best month in years, just like we did uh, when punk returned to pro wrestling. So that's why I hesitate to say, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this show is going to do 200,000 buys like the punk return did, but I do think it, 
it, that it has a chance to do better than what the other recent AEW pay-per-views have been doing. And, and you know, while coming in somewhere a little bit lower than All Out. I, I don't know. Is that fair? I think it's totally fair. Yeah, yeah. Like, am I saying it's definitely going to beat all the most recent ones? I, I don't know that for sure, but... I think it's definitely going to be comparable to all those other ones, and 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 I truly do think that like there's an, a, a palpable excitement about this show. There, there's more excitement about Forbidden Door than there is Double or Nothing, right? Like I, I and I don't know if that's just me because uh, uh, yes, I mean that absolutely, was, <laughs> right? Like Double or Nothing. As we get closer to Double or Nothing, I think that might change because I think Punk and Hangman's a really big match. Yeah, once they get going, but right now, as of this recording on May fifth, like and and yes, this is obviously the day that the tickets went on sale, all that sort of stuff. But like I know way more people. The VOW buzzometer is definitely way. Bigger bigger right now uh, on Forbidden Door than it is for Double or Nothing. So, yeah, this idea that, like, all of a sudden a bunch of these fans are not going to buy this Forbidden Door show, like, I just, I, I never understood why that wouldn't happen. I just never understood why nobody... Okay, okay, okay I'm going to explain to you why. Number one, first of all, a lot of people saying that... Are just bad faith. Are troll, are bad faith trolls looking for attention, you got to throw them out. True. Uh, a- another large segment... That list is growing. Why, that list is growing a lot, though, recently. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the last couple of years, that list has gotten very, very big. And the list of people that I can actually listen to or trust has gotten very low. And I don't... Is that going to change, or are we going to keep doing that? That's no, not going to change. Another large portion of the people saying that, Rich, they're just clueless. They're just dummies. And, you know, you, you'll you'll scroll through your Twitter feed or whatever and go through the replies and, and see... Uh, you know, 15 of people who just don't have a clue saying that, you know, this is a small niche thing that no one cares about. And even though you disregard it in the moment, it does make an impression on you where it's like, oh, why do all these people? But you have to understand these are people that don't follow these things. Right. They send that tweet out and then they move on to, you know, picking their nose or whatever else they do <laughs> with their day. And, and, and that's that, you know, so you have to throw that out as well. It's like I said, no one with a clue thought that this show wasn't going to sell out instantly. That was a given. That was a pointless debate. You're debating with people who don't know what they're talking about. Right. You're don't actually study this time. business. Don't understand this business. Yeah. Don't study it. Haven't looked at history. Don't watch anything else. Yeah, just surface-level bullshit. That was just a waste of time arguing with people who thought this wasn't going to sell out. That's just an indicator that they were clueless. Okay? And, and to be quite honest with you, I'm kind of tired of the niche talk and – uh, you know, I just think this is a big wrestling show. Yeah. I just think this is a big wrestling show. Well, that you a lot so of far friends... are right. On May 5th, Joe, you are right because the thing fucking instantly sold out the United States. Yes. One of the biggest and arenas it's... in America, if not, I think it's the second biggest, like, capacity-wise, you know, kind of indoor or, 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 you know, in terms of non-stadium, like basketball, yeah, hockey yeah. arena, or whatever, you know, with that sort of... But, yeah, they sold that fucking thing out in, <laughs> in seconds. People uh-huh. signed in. People refreshed, signed in. Immediately, WrestleTix immediately was 2,000 in line. There was already 2,000 people already right when that thing opened. There was already 2,000 plus in line to get it, and the thing sold out in, what was it, 15 minutes or something like that. Even Maybe even less than that. It was five minutes, and tickets were all gone. And, and, and the same thing will happen when general sale happens tomorrow. So, yes, you are right right now that that is the case, that this is a big wrestling show that is important and people care about it. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I, I don't even think we need to qualify it with this is a big wrestling show for people who are in the... No, it's no. just a big wrestling show. Okay? And that's why I am... You know, that's why I'm pretty confident that it's going to do a significant amount of pay-per-view buys. Uh, full Gear, the follow-up uh, to All Out, did 145,000 pay-per-view buys. 
uh, Revolution did, and I'm using Wikipedia's numbers. So, you know, Meltzer and Thurston might differ by a couple thousand, but we're in the ballparks here. Uh, Revolution did between 165 and 173. And then, of course, Double or Nothing is coming up. So those shows, you know, especially Revolution, you know, it, it, it crawled up to that punk number. I mean, it's not all that far off. And uh, I think that, like you said, and like I wrote in my column, the, the hardcore AEW fan is buying this show. There's no reason for them not to. AEW has not flooded the market or oversaturated the market with pay-per-views. If anything, I think the hardcore AEW fan base probably thinks there's not enough AEW pay-per-views. And they'd probably be willing to pay for six or 80. Yeah, I, I got a question about that on, on the Q&A. People saying, hey, you know what? There's this big lull between, you know, AEW pay-per-views. Should they add more? And, and, and like, again, like... I don't want them to because I like this idea of spacing it out a little bit. But business-wise, yeah, they probably should they add one or two. <laughs> like they, they should, justify it. they definitely well, justify it going to six or eight or whatever easily, easily justify. Oh, it. they just added one. This cat, this is what they just did. They just <laughs> right, added true, one. true, yeah. So you know they're gonna buy it, and you know because it's such a big wrestling show, and I firmly believe it is. I think you're gonna get curiosity buys to see this novelty of AEW. And, and New Japan running a show together and, and having cross-promotional matches because there will be some on the show. And I feel like there's going to be some New Japan fans who might normally not buy AEW pay-per-views because they're, you know, they're not big AEW fans. Maybe they watch it on TV sometimes, but they, they're not spending money on AEW. But if you're a New Japan fan, why wouldn't you buy this show? There's, you know, there's going to be big-time New Japan matches on it. So just from all of those aspects... I, I feel like it's going to do well. I want to read you a tweet, and this is not meant to disparage this person, okay? I promise you I'm not picking on her. Denise Salcedo tweeted this today, and, 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 and honest to God, I'm not putting her down for this. I just have a point to make off of it. I want to read you her tweet. She says here, uh, a show like Forbidden Door is an example of what appealing to your fan base means. Like, if you're not a fan, it's not going to be a big deal to you, but if you are a fan, it's going to be a big deal. It's that simple. Interpromotional joint shows always draw uh, thumbs up emoji. So, look, I agree with a lot of what she's saying there. Okay. Forbidden Door is appealing to your fan base. Okay. The, it, there's no doubt about it. Look at the ticket sales today. I, but again, when she says it's not going to be, be a big deal to you, uh, she says, uh, if you're not a fan, it's not going to be a big deal to you. Well, what is that even saying? Well, if you're not a fan, of course it's not like, of course it's not going to be a big deal to you if you're not right, a fan. Right, right, right. This is what I'm, and again, I'm not picking on Denise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, we have to get away from this. Stop chasing this person who's not a wrestling fan. Who cares? They're, you know, they're not tuning into Raw either. By the way, just because Bad Bunny's on it hasn't been in months, but you get the idea. <laughs> right. Well, like, Joe, you know what? You know what? This person. You know, and 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 in, in this hypothetical dumb person that probably doesn't really exist. What what do you think they would be more apt to watch? A show that all their fa their friends that do watch wrestling are excited about and, and and talking about and watching and 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 having people come over, or WWE Monday Night Raw, or or WrestleMania Backlash, the premium live event this weekend? You, you know, like there's this idea that like I, I don't understand the thing that's gonna make a, a uh, I, I I shudder when I think about it. The casual wrestling fan yeah. become is 
everybody around them being, if they have friends that watch wrestling and they're excited about something, that is what is going to make them become a fan. Like, right? Like, that is how it happens. That's how I became a wrestling fan, is my friends at school all started talking about wrestling. And I said, ah, shit, I'll try it too. You guys are all talking about wrestling. I'll watch it too. And that's how it became. Like, they were, you know what I mean? Like, and this is, there's this disconnect that making fans of your product excited about your product is somehow bad when that's probably how you were going to get casual fans is you know somebody saying hey uh you know we're, we're gonna watch this wrestling show this weekend you want to come over or whatever you know like stuff like that is how it is actually going to get quote-unquote casual fans to do it not doofy hey bad bunny's here and you know about bad bunny yeah, just go watch like that never happens that never hey, hey, actually here's, translates you know, here's i'm gonna tell you what happens here's what happens one third of the people who subscribe to peacock allegedly watched WrestleMania, okay? That's what they said on the investor call today. What they mean is one-third of the people who subscribed to Peacock turned on, they didn't even say WrestleMania. They said WWE content, okay? <laughs> right. But we also saw that tweet last week with all these impressive, oh, 120% more people watched this parts of this year's WrestleMania versus 2019 thanks to Peacock. These are people who subscribe to Peacock Saw WrestleMania on a banner ad, clicked on, watched it for four minutes, laughed at it, and never thought about it again. I'm not impressed by that. You know why I'm not impressed by that? Because none of these people are buying tickets now. Well, and, and yeah, none this... of these people are watching Raw now. Raw just did a point three three. Right. Well, yeah, and that's always so... the thing. We used to laugh about it every quarterly call because George Barrios would go on there and say, "Oh, we had you know our YouTube subscribers. We have eight point five million YouTube subscribers, and and we have this and we have that." And I was always like, "Bro, you're converting like point zero one percent of your quote unquote fans into paying customers on the WWE Network." Like. I don't know that that's something I would brag about. If, if those numbers are television viewers, right? Like, yeah, if those numbers are truly real and you had X amount of billions impressions and you have this amount of followers and this amount of things. Okay. Those are all great numbers, but like you're not converting those people in anything. So if those are real numbers, if I was an investor, I would say, okay, so we have, you know, 45 million people in America that have an affinity for WWE. Why do, why is 1 million of that? Why is, you know, 1% of that watching our television? Like, why are we not converting more of those people? If truly there are this many people that have an affinity and there's this many people that engage with us on social media, why aren't we converting those people into people that buy shows? Why aren't we converting those into ticket sales? Why are we not converting those into ratings? But nobody ever asked that because these big flowy numbers would come up and people would go, whoa, and a bunch of these headlines would come out. You know, WWE gets 85 billion engagements for WrestleMania. Okay, Okay, great. That's cool. But like, yeah, why are they getting the record low raw numbers then? If there's so many people being engaged with the brand, Joe, like that's impressive, but it doesn't impress me if they then don't buy anything and they don't qualify that with anything else afterwards. Like that means nothing. And that applies. And that's a social media thing all across the board, too. It's it's very easy. And I deal with this in my shoot job as well. It's very easy to look at impressions and all this sort of number and say, oh, here you go. But who gives a shit about likes? And shares and subscribers and impressions and all that sort of stuff. What are you trying to sell? What is the end game of all this stuff? You can have 85 million impressions, but if nobody's watching your TV and nobody's buying your pay-per-views and no one's going to your shows, who gives a shit? <laughs> Roderick Strong GIF. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? It doesn't mean a thing. I can have 8 billion people in, you know, engage with my content. If nobody buys anything from my store, then it doesn't matter. We can have 45,000. We can have a million listeners to the show every single week, Joe. If we had a hundred Patreon subscribers, I would consider that a failure. Well, our ad rates, our ad rates, would our ad rates would be pretty good. We, you know what? If a, I, if you I, want to tell all your friends to start listening to us, I, that would be I great. Under, but I understand your point. You're right. I would still making. see that as a bit, but honestly, yeah. I would see that as a failure because I would say we have 
so many people listening, but nobody finds value enough right. to give us five dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and to me that like ad rates are good and ad rates are great, but like why what, we're not providing enough value if people are not willing to really truly give us five dollars or ten dollars a month or whatever. And and again, if these numbers, if WWE, if these numbers are true, which you know maybe they are or whatever. The more telling thing is you're not converting any of those people into actual people that do anything. You have all these well, people watching on Peacock, quote unquote, but nobody's watching your television. No one's going to your shows. This from the, the investor call today. Here's a tweet by Brandon Thurston. WWE reports average attendance for the quarter in North America was 5,700. Down from quarter one, 2019, the last time there were ticketed events in quarter one. So there you go right there. All of these people who allegedly... Couldn't wait to watch the stupendous WrestleMania. Engage, engage with the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Yeah, I mean, where's the ticket buyers? Where's the television ratings? Okay, so you know the point I wanted to make was before we started attacking WWE again was you know this idea that this argument that people latch onto that AEW isn't capturing this alleged casual fan. This undefined casual fan. And it's like the assumption like th- that these people are putting out there is that WWE does capture. Yeah, is getting those people. Casual yeah. fan. Those people but are it, being captured. Yeah, sure, yeah. Right. But but are they? <laughs> I mean, like, isn't this more of like, why are we not directing this same argument towards WWE whose consumer metrics now they've sort of leveled off over – uh, they're not on the same steady decline that they were on for a while there, but they're not growing either. I just noted you the attendance versus 2019 for quarter one. Uh, you know, whenever they tout growth, it's always these these numbers like we just talked about, these people who tuned in to at least one minute of WrestleMania on Peacock. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that added exposure that Peacock gives you where you're going to get uh, hundreds of thousands or even millions of more eyeballs on WrestleMania than you would have on the network. I mean, that's undeniable. That's, that's you know, it, there's logic behind that and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's no positive to it either if these people aren't converted into customers. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a better strategy. Maybe this is wild, Rich. Let me know if this is wild. All right, one sec. All right, I, I'm strapped. One sec. But, Let me get strapped in here. All right. But seriously, maybe... <clears throat> All right, go ahead. Maybe Maybe it's a more viable strategy to make the customers that you have happy and present the best possible product you can for the people who are watching rather than (laughs) continually chasing the people who don't care, which in effect runs off a portion of your audience because you're not making that you're not serving them. And that's really WWE in a nutshell over the last decade or 15 years, constantly chasing a consumer that isn't paying any attention and running off people like me and you and all the people, most of the people listening to this podcast and millions of other people who used to watch their TV and now don't. And they run all of these, these wrestling fans off because they're not serving them at all while they're on this endless chase for a consumer who doesn't like their product to begin with. That doesn't seem wise to me and it hasn't worked for them from a consumer metric point of view. Now, I don't want to hear about their record profits and whatnot. We all know that's business to business deals. We know that's the case. Okay. 
And I've and obviously we've advocated for AEW to follow that path. Go chase those businesses. Right. Business. If you can get a $40 million, you know, a check from Saudi Arabia, eh, you know what? Maybe take that. Well, maybe not take that. <laughs> if you're, if you got stockholders, I get it. I get it. No, but yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, take it from Greece or take it from. Yeah, uh, yeah. Croatia's probably, yeah, yeah. Take it. Brazil or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't you're probably going to get all those countries are probably terrible too. You don't even. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I don't know anything about world politics. <laughs> Geopolitics. Oh, yeah. And I don't care. So if I'm naming problematic countries, like, give me a break, will you? Just cancel me again. I've been yeah. canceled enough. I, I, you know, cancel me again. Leave Rich out of it. Yikes. Just cancel me again. Uh, yikes. Yikes, Joe, Joe Ad- Brazil. Yikes. Joe advocated for, for, uh, for Madagascar. Yikes. Doesn't he know about the... Uh, <laughs> the coup? The, the recent coup that occurred? Yeah, yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you get the idea here. You know, why is it... Why is it sort of this accepted given that it's WWE reaching these alleged casual fans? Because I don't believe that they are. Right. I, I don't think that they, there's no evidence that they are doing it. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the bottom line here is, is all told. I feel like Forbidden Door isn't just a big show within the hardcore pro wrestling niche. I think it's just a big show. Okay. It's just a big show and it's going to do well. And that's why I am very bullish on the pay-per-view aspect of it. I think it's going to do just as well as Full Gear and Revolution did somewhere in that neighborhood. And I do think it has a chance. I do think it has a chance. And I'm not, I'll give my official prediction when we're closer. And I see the card. And I feel the buzz. And I get the buzzing meter going. I think it has a chance to hit that punk number. But we'll see. We'll see if I go out on that limb. Wow. Yeah, that's dicey. I don't think I'm ready to do that, but we'll see when, when the card comes. And, and, and you know, if, if, if things that have been rumored, matches that have been rumored do happen, I, I, I think it's not entirely impossible that could happen. So I, I, I'm, I'm very curious uh, as we get a little bit closer to, to the show uh, what ends up happening there. But, uh, yeah, obviously that uh, sold out. Uh, if you're still looking for tickets, uh, if you're listening live, you have another chance uh, tomorrow morning, but a uh, very small chance, I'll say, and then you're going to be paying through the nose. Can we stop market. calling yeah. them? Can we stop calling them pre-sales? They're it's kind of weird, yeah, because everybody knows the code, everybody gets the code, everybody's well aware. They just, it's yeah, just, the tickets it's just went on sale today. Yeah, the tickets went on sale today. Can we stop with the pre-sales? And fourteen thousand of them got sold. It's not really a pre-sale if you put fourteen thousand tickets on sale and they sell out immediately. Like it, it kind of doesn't keep the scalpers out. It's nothing. Spe- it's just everyone buys their tickets for the. Re- Here's the thing: if you truly want to do a pre-sale. And then do then why are you putting ninety five percent of the tickets on sale? <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's not a pre sale. That's a sale. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not just picking on AEW. No, Everybody it's a thing that happens sale. everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've, I've I've missed concert pre sales. Get there for the, li- the 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 general public on sale date, and it's it's just a sold out. It says don't even buy. Yeah, because look it. at it's this like... show. There's two thousand tickets on sale <laughs> right. tomorrow. It's... They're going to be sold in thirty seconds. You know, it's like, and you're not stopping the scalpers either way. They're professionals. This is what they do. So fuck this. I don't, honestly, I'm not someone who buys a lot of tickets to things. What is the advantage of this to doing a pre-sale? 
I, I really don't get it. Just mm, put all the tickets on I don't sale. Know. I, hate, I hate all tickets. I get very anxious. I, I hate buying tickets and stuff anymore. It, it's my least favorite thing in the in, in, in the world to try to buy tickets for stuff and the stress of it and trying to coordinate with friends and like all this sort of stuff. And hey, you know, those tickets are going on sale. It's five months before the show. Are you going to be free? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing in five months. I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing on a Sunday five months from now or whatever. I mean, this one's a little bit closer. But some stuff, it's like, dude, I don't know. It's in July. And it's like February. I don't know what I'm doing in July. Like, yeah, I guess I'm a free that weekend whatever yeah it, it's yeah, it's so stressful i hate it but you got to do it if you want to go to these shows you got to get in as, as quick as possible you got to get pre-sale codes you got to get all that sort of stuff or else you're out and uh you can pay through the nose on the secondary market uh, again yes all the scalpers bought the tickets this year uh again for for forbidden door yes um, that will be where the argument shifts right and, and the classic move of scalpers is to buy tickets uh to shows that nobody wants to buy tickets to uh and charge exorbitant prices for those tickets that nobody wants to buy is usually how's the uh how's hell in a cell doing across town in the smaller building? uh you know what joe uh let me see let me see if i could purchase a ticket to world wrestling entertainment's premium live event hell in a cell which honestly i would if they didn't have that hideous red cage i might actually consider going what, to what that building place. is that in That's that the, is in the all-state arena which is smaller than the united smaller center smaller yes. than the united center right? indeed smaller than the united center yes Okay, I believe there's thousands of tickets available. Well, right? let me let's, let me see. Let's let's you know let's see if I can buy a ticket to the uh, June fifth, twenty twenty two Hell in a Cell. So it's and it's event. also yeah. it's also sooner sooner. Than for yeah. mm-hmm. it's a, a month from now, thirty days from now. So where where's all the casual fans buying tickets <laughs> to this show? Well, I don't understand. Like I don't understand. They're engaging with the product on Peacock, so they haven't. Uh, they haven't... Where's all the people <laughs> who tuned in the Peacock? And watched eight minutes of WrestleMania. Why aren't they plunking down their money to go to Hell in a Cell on June fifth in the uh, in uh, the Wind Trust Arena? Where no, we're no, in. All State Arena, the former Rosemont Horizon. You know it as the Rosemont Horizon. How about that? Yeah. WrestleMania two. Yeah, that's really the same building. Yeah, I gotta knock that fucker down. That thing's uh, like sixty years old. Anyway. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. Uh, that thing's still standing. Yeah, it is. I don't know if I'd want to sit in the upper tier at that. Uh, it's. It's fine. It's okay. It's 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 All seen right. some better days. They they've redone some parts of it, but uh, yeah, it, you know. Rosemont Horizon. I'm thinking like Refrigerator Perry winning a battle royal. <laughs> yeah, same building. Too. Same building. Still. Jeez. Still the wood all over the roof. Great place to watch a show though. Um, Bulldogs really versus crowds. the yeah. Valentine and fucking yeah. beefcake. I mean, was that the that uh, was the middle portion of WrestleMania too, right? Or was it the first portion? Yeah, they, we went. We swept the country right to left, Rich. New York, Chicago, L.A. That's what I thought. Okay, All right. Yeah, so you know time zone. So yeah, you were. Where <laughs> you were second? You were Chicago was well. You weren't. You weren't born yet. I but was, no. Was, yeah, I was not born yet. No. So. Were you born in eighty? Uh, no, I was not. No, no, no. I was. I was born two months before WrestleMania three. So oh, oh makes me sick. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that. <laughs> oh. Um. Fucking no! You're an old man too, though. You're, I am you're, getting very old now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's yeah, a long time ago. You're getting cranky. You're, you know, you're exhibiting <laughs> your age as well. Um, I jammed yeah, my finger like, playing basketball the other day. It hurts like hell. My finger's did, huge. It's. Oh. Did you see? Did you see the discussion in the Voices of Wrestling Slack today? It was about uh, everyone talking about the eyeglass, their eyeglasses, and how <laughs> yes. can see anymore. <laughs> how we're all going blind. To see that discussion, <laughs> we're like, oh well, I'm farsighted. Oh, I'm nearsighted. I got glasses today, and it's a whole new world. Yeah, man. it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. I, well, I've I worn glasses read. since I was eight, and I've worn contacts since I was twelve. So yeah, I'm yeah. well aware of of, of that uh, that struggle. So, um, so yeah, no. The the point here is, I mean, it's like, why does one company have this rep 
of not being able to reach this alleged casual fan and the other one does not. And it's like WWE has a 40-year head start. Those those 2 million people or so that are the devoted WWE fans, they're not they're not casual fans. That's not what they are. It's the last remaining hardcore fans that this company has. And you know, they're the ones that are struggling to sell tickets to their to their premium live events. Not the company that's allegedly not reaching the casual fan, the yet to be defined casual fan. Because yeah, I don't doubt the existence of the casual fan. I just don't know what people mean when they say that. Neither do they. They don't either. Yeah, I was going to say just neither a do they. Term they just... use to to oh, this will end the argument. I'll just say that this isn't for the casual fan. Yeah. Too many titles. Ah, the casual fans. Oh, Japanese wrestlers. Casual fan. Do you remember too many people on the screen? <laughs> yes. Do you remember that one? Yes. There's not a cryon telling me who every member of the Dark Order is. I just turn into a corn cob and just explode. Ah, who's that guy? Ah. <laughs> I think I think too many people on the screen. <laughs> I love that. One. Was my favorite casual fan <laughs> argument of them all. I would love that if nice they should do that one. for NBA games. Just have the the guy's yeah. name above as he's running around the court, just so you know. Ah, who is that? It's Gary Payton. Oh, it's Gary Payton Jr. Okay, thank God. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, I was worried. I didn't know who that person was for four seconds. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Too many people on the Too screen. Wasn't it a Dark Order yeah. segment that everybody was going nuts about? No, it was the whole show. The, the argument was. Oh, just in general, there was too many people. They put too many people. Like, there was a period there for a while where one of the big dynamite talking points, people would literally count up. (laughs) There was 37 people on dynamite this week. (laughs) It's too many. The casual fan. Uh, It's too many people on the screen. And then other people would be like, yeah, but like 40% of those people were just standing in the background of a promo. Right, right. Doing a run in. Like, like you can still the enjoy the show if you don't know who, like, you know, John Silver. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like, you don't you don't need to know who Alex Reynolds is. Like it's okay. Right. You can still enjoy the show. Yeah. If Alex Reynolds is part of a run in, <laughs> like it's a, like no one's gonna change the channel because they don't like Ah, who yeah, is like, that? <laughs> no, but this was like a legitimate debate point I for know. a while. Like people don't they'll do that one anymore because I, I think even the staunch there's too many people on the screen people kind of gave up the goat on that one or is it give up the ghost or gave up the goat has it what's that phrase oh god i don't know i thought it was give up the goat but am i wrong too is it both give up the ghost give up the goat oh i think it's give up uh, the ghost i've always said goat the ghost give up the ghost I just think it's give up the ghost but i think i've said give up the goat a lot no well, whatever my my gut told me to say ghost and i said goat but i feel like i've said give up the goat before I think I've said both. I think I go both ways to like Man. cover my bases, you know? I like to go one better. I'm like, if I say both, I'll only sound dumb half the time. Right. Like, yeah. You know, that's how, like, when I pronounce names on this show, like, people think I'm doing a bit. I'm just covering all bases. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. Cause I don't know, you know, like, I still don't know whether it's Will Ospreay or Will Ospreay. I don't know how to say that man's name after all these years. So I just say it like four different ways. And 25% of the time, I'll be right. You know, so, you know, same thing here. Um, 
Oh, that's enough for the Forbidden Door. Yeah. I, yeah, Sold I'm out. So tired of this topic. <laughs> Casual fan. Another time. Chicago not yet burnt out. Maybe next time Chicago will be burnt out and people in Chicago will stop buying tickets and well, people stop traveling what? to shows and people will eventually just say, ah, not, not this month, AEW. I'm not going to watch one of your highly anticipated wrestling shows. I'm not watching it. And I'm not going, but uh, unfortunately, that will not be this month. So, well, why aren't you going to Hell in a Cell? Why aren't you packing the building for Hell in a Cell, Rich? It's such a great wrestling town. Why aren't they packing the building for Hell in a Cell? <laughs> They're burnt out. AEW the burnt them out. AEW yeah. <laughs> burnt them I mean, out. So, I love that. It's like we hear that in New York too. When 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 MSG has another inevitable, you know, ugly attendance number. Oh well, you know, there's so much wrestling in New York. It just it's it keeps and then AEW goes and they fucking sell every ticket. <laughs> I, it's like that's not burnout then. Like it's just your your show stinks. <laughs> yeah, your show sucks. Your company sucks. Yeah, like you give people lousy live shows and they don't want to go anymore. That's what it is. You know, and and like it, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they will burn out Chicago at some point. They do go an awful lot. They do. It really is a lot. I, mean, <laughs> I really wish they would. I say that. I mean, it's cool that they're like they run all of their major shows in my city. I I, I appreciate that and I like it, but uh, it's a lot. It it becomes kind of exhausting that like every couple months, I is people are so upset. There's everybody in the west coast of the country is so upset right now as I'm saying this as they've gotten the trickle of like one show you know coming sometime in June or whatever. But yeah, it it, it does get exhausting every three months to have a major because like let you know all out's going to be there too. Like they're going to have all out yeah. there. And, and yeah, just yeah. get ready for that. It's coming. To He's Chicago not going to break again. tradition. No, He's going to do it. No. Again. He wants to be in Chicago on holidays and all out has a tradition of being there on Labor Day. The, all, all out's going to be in Chicago again. It's going to be at the fucking now Sears Center Arena. And, and yeah, it's going to, you know, sorry. I mean, I feel like as long as the shows are good and they deliver, I mean, I think people yeah. keep going. And the other thing with AEW is we thought this would wear off in six months, but it's still a show people travel to. They still have that to their advantage where. People are still getting on airplanes to go to big AEW. Right, shows. exactly. Which which flies, in the, you know, the people, oh, the burnout, the city, the burnout, the city. It doesn't really matter that much. There are people that will go. It's not, you're not just grabbing from one audience. You are grabbing from a, 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 the larger American wrestling audience. And and yeah, that's a benefit. That's a really, really cool thing that they have. And, and to be fair, WWE has that for their major stadium events. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit over the course of the next yeah, they year. Have it for, they have it for WrestleMania yeah. and SummerSlam and to some extent Royal Rumble. But would you rather have, <laughs> okay, I'm going right back to it. Would you rather have CM Punk return and a joint show with New Japan and have people have people flying into your shows, okay, to fill these buildings for all of these major events? Or would you rather have people tuning into WrestleMania for four minutes on TikTok? <laughs> engaging and, with the and, brand. And engaging with the brand, Joe, please. Casual fans engaging. tuning into Peacock to watch WrestleMania for four minutes and then not being able to sell out your premium live event Hell in a Cell show in the same town where AEW sells every ticket in a half hour. What what would you rather be? I mean, am I the one that's not thinking logically here? I don't well, understand. And if you've been, if you've been following Nikon's quotes, like he has been saying 
that they want to do more stadium shows because I think he understands that the, okay, we've lost, people aren't traveling for our, our pay-per-views anymore. People aren't traveling for this. People aren't traveling for that. They are still traveling. They are still in abundance going to our stadium shows because they see those as important, interesting shows worth traveling for. So they're going to try to, uh, in, in classic WWE form, do more of them as opposed to just saying, hey, we have four. Why, you know, why do we only have four that people want to go to? Instead, they're going to just have... 10 you know stadium shows a year or whatever and eventually that's going to wear off it's going to it eventually has to at some point uh wear off but yeah that it, it, it's pretty fascinating how they are sort of now realizing that the only thing that they have left is kind of that stadium show and, and the importance then of doing as many of those now money in the bank's going to be in a stadium Royal rumble's going to be in a stadium uh wrestlemania obviously will always be in a stadium SummerSlam will be and then there's probably going to be other events there's now what they're doing in the, in the uk and and apparently more in, that are going to happen in america as well of just kind of stadium shows because they still do think that there's some cachet to traveling for that and that's an important thing is to be able to grab from people that are not just in that local market be able to grab people uh from all across the country but you know aw's been able to achieve that you know like you said once every you know a couple times a quarter and and and, and WWE is is kind of right there as well with the same you know numbers all right, so the quarterly call. Now you said this was a record month, uh, record quarter. Uh, yes, profit. believe it or not, a record-breaking quarter one revenue. It says uh, announced a record-breaking quarter on Thursday, hitting a record thirty-three, a uh, three hundred thirty-three point four million in revenue uh, in the first three months of twenty twenty-two. A year-over-year increase of twenty-seven percent. Uh, an operating income increase of $92.4 million for the quarter, uh, an increase of 42% uh, quarter over quarter, or year over year. Uh, the stock was down, though, but uh, the, the major driver for the increase, Joe, was their media rights, which increased $36 million oh. uh, year over year. Uh, in large part, also, the uh, they had a Saudi show in February. So too, this so. is everything that we keep saying and we've said all day today, which is uh, tickets down from quarter one 2019, the last comparable quarter. Uh, but overall revenue up. Why business to business media rights? Mm-hmm. So um, this is the it's the same story. It's why these quarterly calls, at least for a show like ours, um, we have less and less to talk about because it's the same story uh, over and over. So uh, there really isn't a ton to say. I know that Nick Khan, like you said, talked about wanting to do more stadium shows for all the reasons that you laid out. The they talked a lot about the partnership with a with a with uh, A and E. And all the, uh, I think, 120 hours of content they still have planned with A&E. Khan talked about how it was the most viewed WrestleMania of all time, touting all the stats that we talked about earlier, where, you know, one-third of the Peacock subscribers watched WWE content in the quarter. I'm not all that impressed by that because we don't have enough detail. What does that mean? That they just clicked on the WWE Network tab on on their app out of curiosity, you know, looked around for a few minutes, maybe watched a couple minutes of. Yeah, I'd like to see childhood. how many people, you know, how, how many hours they watch, you know, how many hours they consume, how long they were on there. Were they on there for two hours? Were they on there for three hours? Because, yeah, it could be a lot of whole, you know, and, and, and yeah, anybody who deals with social media, you know, analytics and, and, and stats knows that, yeah, you get a lot of these views, but they're, you know, five second views, two second views, two, and that means nothing. I, I, I don't want that. Yeah, like, two second yeah, views from- means nothing to me. This from Brandon Thurston's uh, thread today. Nick says WrestleMania was the most viewed event in company history domestically and globally. WWE has was right to bet partnering with a widely distributed streamer would drive eyeballs to WWE. He's talking about selling the network to Peacock, and we all agree that was the right move. WrestleMania this year doubled viewership of last year. One-third of all Peacock accounts viewed WWE content. Again, like you just said, if you know 
the game, you know that that is just loaded with potential potholes and and spin and everything else. But again, it's not necessarily bad that the network is being exposed to all these peacock. Games. No, no, no. That's but, the goal. That's that's why you get you, you take the bag from Peacock and put it on there. I mean, that's that's now that's Peacock's problem now, really, honestly, more than yeah. anything, you know. Time will tell if this converts into paying customers and whatnot. Um, they talked about a new deal they made in the Middle East, a new television deal made in the Middle East. Uh, I'm just going through these quickly. Um, someone asked about more shows in the Middle East, and and, and Nikon pivoted right to some live shows in Europe that they have coming up, <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. Um, here's This was interesting. Uh, Nikon says, uh, okay, so here's the tweet. Again, from Thurston's feed here. When we enter into the next round of negotiations, there will be more buyers than before, Nick says, of U.S. rights negotiations. So he thinks they're going to have more potential suitors Mm -hmm. for the content. Netflix is willing to make adjustments. Nick notes password sharing and advertising changes in the strategy. It's just a matter of time before Netflix goes live, Nick says. He talks about Apple TV+, Plus, noting its sports deals and other pursuits, including the NHL. Then he talked about Amazon as well. I think he's right. Netflix is going to have to get into the live sports game because all of their competitors are in the live it. sports yeah, game. Yeah, Apple's done it. Peacock's done it. Um, every, yeah, everyone's doing it right now. So, yeah, Netflix, Netflix weirdly, uh, like a year ago, nobody would have had this conversation, but there's been a lot of kind of come-to-Jesus moment from Netflix uh, with those last numbers that came out and a lot of the, 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 the shock of like, all right, this thing may have peaked and it may be getting passed up by a lot of these other things because these other things are going towards live. And that's, you know, when people ask me about the, you know, the AEW and the Discovery Time Warner stuff or whatever. I say, dude, as long as they're live sports and as long as Apple and Peacock and all these companies are trying like hell to get as much live. I mean, the live sports bubble is not bursting anytime soon. And if anything, it's increasing with now more players in the field trying to get those live sports. So yeah, Netflix will be in that field too very, very soon. And they know they have yeah. to be and they're going to be very soon. He talked about Amazon. He said they tested it with tennis. Now they have NFL on Thursday nights, which is exclusive, which is a really big deal. And, quote, a smaller MMA deal last week, which we found interesting as well, end quote. So uh, they think Netflix will get in the game. And then, obviously, that gives WWE more potential suitors. Um, you know, look, because if the NFL can go to Amazon, why can't WWE? Right? The NFL, you know, it's – it's. Um, so I see where he's coming from with that. Um then Stephanie talked. I didn't. I I read through her stuff, and none of it was interesting to me. Um, she just talks in platitudes and corporate speak, and she talks a lot and says nothing. Uh, yeah, they did say much. they yeah. hired <laughs> pretty much. She did say they hired a new NIL crop, which they're going to announce soon. So again, we don't know long term, you know how that's going to work out. We need time because a lot of the people they signed to those deals are still in college, so we don't know if these people are going to work uh, work out necessarily. Um, yeah, that was funny. Somebody asked about, uh, it wasn't, um, they asked about India and whether WWE was going to do a stadium show there. And Nick Khan brought up superstar spectacle, your show, Rich. Oh, I love you. Yeah. Great show. And then he immediately pivoted to the UK stadium event. So the answer is no, we will oh, not that's be weird doing because, a show in India. Because earlier, earlier in the call, Joe, when they were WrestleMania, uh, the, 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 uh, talking about the, the most stupendous two night WrestleMania history. Uh, they said that the viewership in India hit a record 56.1 million views, a 29% year-over-year yes. increase. So I would think if you have 56.1 million people in India watching the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, 
that then you would want to do a stadium show to appease those. I mean, you could cer- certainly sell. If you have 56 mil- 56.1 million people viewing the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history or whatever, that surely you would want to have a stadium show in that country as well, right? To kind of get, well, you know. Well, this is exactly what we've been talking That's about. That's weird, because it's only like 1% None of the people that you need to buy tickets and then be able to sell at a stadium, yeah. right? Like, Yeah, and, and, he, and, and when someone asked about hmm. doing a show there, he immediately started talking about the UK. Weird. Oh, okay. So... Which tells you they're not going to do a show in India because last time they went to India, they lost their fucking, you know, they took a bath. And it's like, and this is the point we've been making. A lot of these numbers, they don't mean anything if you can't convert them into, into dollars. Um, the other interesting thing is Khan said everyone's waiting for the cricket rights in India to, to come. And then that's going to set the market for everybody else. So obviously cricket's number one over there. But um, yeah, uh, those are all. The uh, sort of things that caught my eye. You have anything else on the investor call? Uh, I really don't. Yeah, there was what was it? there was one other thing that I thought I saw, but I think you let me see real quick. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I, I think I got everything you had there. Oh, uh, <laughs> somebody asked about the expansion of the performance center globally, <laughs> like you know, Triple H's idea. Uh-oh. And uh, Frank Riddick said that there's no decision as of yet, but they are looking into it. A.K.A. no. Which, again, that means no. <laughs> <is> no. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... No. No. <laughs> That's a lot of money that we don't really want to spend. We want to have less performance center, not more performance center. So, no, the answer is uh, unequivocally no. But uh, they're looking into it. Also, yeah. oh, yeah, Stephanie said uh, the future... Uh, the, the, the gaming is a big strategy for their future. Uh, they had a survey where 80% of WWE fans identified themselves as gamers. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Gamers. Philanthropy right. is the future of marketing. It's how <laughs> brands are going to win. <laughs> the uh, number two. It's yeah. how brands are going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, with the two. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Greek. Why do you say that out loud? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Not great. Well, speaking of, uh, well, this isn't the lunch because we're get, they're getting something out of it. Let's talk about HelloFresh Joe sponsoring this week's episode of the flagship podcast. And with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and best of all, affordable. And that is why they are America's number one meal kit. It is all about the convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap uh, with options like family-friendly as well as quick and easy recipes. Pick 
from your favorites of over 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to change your delivery date or update your preferences however you want to if you're sick of it you need a break you can do that you want more you can do that you need you're going on vacation you can do that it's not a thing where you're locked in every single week every single Monday it's coming you can adjust those things you can do whatever you need to uh, HelloFresh has the fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutrition uh, nutritionist meals uh, that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from including low calorie and carb-conscious options as well. Uh, Best of all, you can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or one side for another, upgrading uh, to a different experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. So you can do, uh, you can get this great deal, 16 free meals and three free gifts uh, by going to hellofresh.com slash VOW16 and using the promo code VOW16. Again, it's hellofresh.com slash VOW16. Use that promo code VOW16 and you'll get 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Of course, thank them for sponsoring this week's episode. Of the flagship podcast. All right. We got to talk about this premium live event. Joe, there is a premium live event this Sunday. It's called WrestleMania Backlash. Your matches for the show, this premium live event called WrestleMania Backlash this week. Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Happy Corbin versus Mad Cap Moss. The team, did they have a team name? They exploded. Whatever that team name was, they exploded. Exploded. Yeah. Exploded. Uh, AJ Styles versus Edge. But, Joe, before you get too excited, Damian Priest is banned from ringside. So that should totally change the complexion of AJ well, Styles versus Edge. So, Well, I'm sure that they're, they're, you know Edge will have someone else interfere and join his new fucking, what does he call it? The... I don't know, and I don't care. (laughs) I don't know. House of the leather couch, or whatever he calls it. Uh, (laughs) I believe yes. House of the House of the Purple Light Leather Couch is is what it is called. Yes, it is. uh, How? Yeah. So we might get a new match. Do you have any speculation on? uh, Oh man, (laughs) Commander Aziz. uh, It could be. Reggie. All the stars. What's Reggie doing? Reggie, it could be Reggie because Reggie Reginald Reginald just had a breakup, right? Reggie got uh, they got divorced. So, or I don't know if it's officially been. Yeah, the divorce has gone through, but uh, you know Reggie could turn to the dark side anytime soon. He could go to that place that Edge is in. So, Commander Ozzy, <laughs> is he still even around? I have no idea. Commander, Commander Ozzy, you got to do it in the Norm Macdonald voice, though. Yeah. Commander Aziz, <laughs> Reginald, all the stars, T Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Ivar Mace all the stars Draco Anthony Gunther <laughs> uh, most of these guys are going to be released by the time the show comes out because they're probably I think some of the ones we named were released <laughs> I was say, of fact. We, uh, we, we really we did uh, Steph Delander really bad last week because we mentioned her numerous oh, times yeah. that she was gone by the time most people listen to the show sorry but, Steph we yeah. mushed you yeah, you sorry. got mushed. Uh, what else is on this show? Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. So does Cody enter the hamster wheel by giving his win back to Seth? Oh man, yeah, uh, man. They've been they've done a good job so far. They have done a good job with Cody so far. I don't know. This will be think, this will be telling. Okay. This will be telling for sure. I mean, I think they've done an okay job with Cody. I think people go a little overboard. Um, I don't care about him as much as when he first debuted. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but um, here's the thing. He should win this match. I don't think he should lose for a very long time. This is a good test to see what kind really of is. resolve Vince McMahon has with this because he should win this. But all of their instincts and all of their history tells you that Rollins gets the win back. Right, that 50-50, get the win back, you know, maybe have a rubber match somewhere down the line, maybe on the next premium live event or whatever. So Yeah, um, in Chicago with thousands of empty seats. <laughs> right, at, at, at WWE Hell in a Cell 2022 premium live event. Yes. Yeah, so. um, you also have a SmackDown Women's Championship I Quit match, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Well, when you have the kind of chemistry that these two have, <laughs> you, you got to run it back. You got to run it back. Yes. Is get them back in there. That's what you got to do. Dude, you know? Rousey, uh, nobody cares. No. Like, it's going to seem no. ridiculous in hindsight when you, when you go back and let people know that, like, she was such a business mover that first time. Like, tangible business movement. And people are going to laugh at it now because this, next, this last run has been nothing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. Nobody cares. Nobody's it's, watching. It's just it, you know, and, and in this case, a lot of it's her performance. I mean, she just hasn't had the same uh, spark that she's had in the past. So I don't know. Not looking forward to it. No. And then uh, in what I assume is a throwback to In Your House Three. And we're in your house three, Joe, a winner-take-all match that had all the titles on the line. The WWF Tag Team titles, the WWF Intercontinental Championship, the WWF Championship. They're all on the line here in the WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live Event main event. Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro versus Roman Reigns and the Usos. All the titles are on the line, right? Uh, no. Sorry, I'm reading that none of the titles are on the line. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I apologize. Nothing is on the line. (laughs) They were going to unify the tag team titles, which sounded like a good idea, but uh, uh, I now we're, we're doing this instead. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. This is like <laughs> this is like a strong looking Raw lineup, right? It's not bad. Yeah, it's like a, a, a solid like 1995 in your house. It's a really good Raw. Yeah, it's um, good show. Premium live event. I don't know. Well, that's WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> the premium live event coming up this Sunday, so uh, we will uh, not be doing an interaction live, and uh, we will kind of maybe cover it on next week's flagship, but maybe not. For so. the record, I don't know what record, but for the record, people just like to say that. Yeah. I guess, uh, you, listen, this is for the record. This is I'm record. Everything it, we're doing here yeah, is this, record, yeah. Nothing, is record. Nothing, I guess nothing could be off record on this show because... Thousands of people yeah. are listening to it. Thousands of people are engaging with this show right now, engaging with our brand. So, I've said way too much on the record over the years, Rich. <laughs> Certainly. Collar, <laughs> collar tug. Um, for the record, I forgot what I was going to say. Was it about oh, an interaction live of the premium live yes. event? For the record, I am always game for an instant reaction live of WWE premium live events. <laughs> We'll see. So we'll see. I want the subscribers to know that this is all Rich Crate is doing. <laughs> I need to. I yeah. gotta be in a mood. I gotta be in the right mood. And I, there's been times where I've been in the right mood, and I have texted you on a, on a Sunday morning or whatever. But I can't decide on a Thursday that I want to watch a premium live event live and then talk about well, it afterwards. Listen, it's like, where are where are our listeners gonna go if not us? Are you you're gonna they're gonna go listen to fucking. I, I, careful I, careful yeah yeah you don't want me to do that all right I, it, it could be funny but I, I i'll lay off i'll lay off but you know it, it, wouldn't they rather listen to us uh yeah 
Sort of, but we don't get new people listening. Nobody subscribes. Like, yeah, it's true. You know, the, the reason we stopped is the last time we did one, we actually lost subscribers. Yes, we lo- we lose money when we do this. I lose time. Yeah. I lose money. I lose hope. I lose faith. I, 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 yeah, it's it's very damaging to my my psyche. My, <laughs> but uh, I'll see. You know, I'll text you on Sunday. We'll figure it out. So. Uh, I would not uh, would not hold your breath. That's all I'll say. Don't, so, don't clear the schedule. Yeah, maybe if you uh, if the wife wants to go out for dinner on Sunday, maybe go to dinner with her on Sunday because there's 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 a solid yeah. chance that we will not be uh, doing interaction live of the premium live no. event yeah. of wrestling. You're Bay stuck Backlash, with so. uh, you're stuck with you're stuck with Kate on deck. For one of <laughs> right, <other> right. <laughs> people who provide nothing. Um, What's next? We have. Uh... Well, I guess people that are no longer going to provide anything to World Wrestling Entertainment because they released a bunch of people last week on Friday on sure. uh, what will become a very common occurrence uh, over the next several months and weeks. And hell, maybe even tomorrow uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, WWE releases several wrestlers, the most important of which, the most prominent of which, Dakota Kai, gone. Malcolm Bivens, gone. <laughs> former Stokely Hathaway, gone. Dexter Loomis, Sam Shaw, is done. And he didn't even get to complete his Vince McMahon painting either. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. How sad slash pathetic was that? Unfortunate timing. Um, but not as unfortunate timing as Persia Parada, who bought a house a week earlier. Oh, so. my God. Yes, that, that, that goes right there. I'm trying to think of which one's the more... I think, honestly, the one that's most damaging to me was the... Um, what was the one? It was Alice in Danger, right? Who had just moved her kids over to Florida, they could start school, and then they released her like a week later. Yeah, at least Persia. Pro- I'm, but man, buying a house is no easy task in 2022. No, especially if you are from Australia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like paying for it without a job is no easy. Yes, task yeah, paying for a new house without a job is not great. So uh, she has already been announced for some indie shows, and I'm sure she is a uh, well, well willing. Uh, to work, but uh, yeah, that absolutely sucks for Persia Parada. Steph Delander, who we unfortunately uh, we, we mushed last week, as we mentioned her many, many, many times, and then, then got fired. So, uh, in the midst of a storyline as well, both Loomis and Persia Parada in the midst of storyline. So, if you think ongoing storylines that are the focus of, of a show, uh, that is not going to keep you alive here. If you're gone no. and they want you gone, you're gone. So, yeah, Bivens too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that uh, kind of applies to Harland Parker Bordeaux. Uh, he was yeah. Har- Harland was the uh, 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 he was aligned with uh, muscle Joe for Gacy. Joe Gacy. Yeah. So they they had kind of taken. Right. I think like the week prior they had taken him they out did. of the act, which maybe was a a, a, a tough sign. But uh, they did. You know, for a man that claims he doesn't watch WWE, <laughs> you're sure up. On the NXT 2.0, you gotta watch line, NXT bro. 2.0, man. You gotta. Watch All right, so NXT that you do tune into. I, I, I have a so tune into. I, I love it as background noise because it's just an absurd show. It doesn't it really drag. Is. It doesn't have that like soul crushing. Like Raw is soul crushing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awful. I can't do it. I'm not gonna do it. There's times where I'm home on Monday and I flip and I pass it and I'm just like I can't. I'm not gonna do it. Like something yeah, else raw, is on. Yeah. There's something raw. else I could be doing right now. <laughs> raw, I you'd rather literally do anything right. else. I go clean. I go walk the dogs. It's 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 eight PM, it's dark. I'd rather go walk like you know what, hey guys, let's go out for a walk. Let's do something Sleep. else instead. Like go to bed. Yeah, I'll go to yeah. bed. I will do anything else. Hey, you Unlock. know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't, you know, played my switch in a while. Let me let me fire the switch. Anything. Anything yeah. other but NXT two you can kind of put on in the background and just live your life for, you know, an hour or two. So it, it's okay. 
And I no, love I love I was... butts. So there's a lot of butts on that show too. So uh it's a very horny. <laughs> yeah, I like butts and boobs. So <laughs> that show really does provide a lot of butts and boobs. Uh, so I do appreciate uh, that. But you and the people <laughs> who voted in the Truman Dewey election all enjoy <laughs> the butts on NXT 2.0. That is correct. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> intru- is that actually where they would be? What was that? What was that? What was the year of that election? I don't think anyone's alive. Dewey that. That's, that's like eighty. That's like eighty years ago. Yeah, that that's, was nineteen forty-eight. Was that election? So yeah, that's that's a tough that's one. But. Almost. That's what seven, sixty, or seventy years ago now. Uh, but no, so uh, you'd have to be what eighteen to vote in that one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, you're getting a little. So if you were well, Rich, you're not. Are you pretending to do math? We know you're not doing the math. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'll let you do the math. So <laughs> you'd have had yeah, to be well, born 19- what nineteen thirty then. Yeah, right. 1948 is 74 years ago. You could do that in your head. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I, no. You, <laughs> you could do that in your head. I cannot. So <laughs> it'd have to be. But as noted, okay, you to to vote for Dewey or Truman, you <laughs> right. have to be at least 18. So can you do 74 and 18? Uh, I can't actually. But that's, that's, uh, that means you'd have to be 92, 92. years old. <laughs> I don't think those people are watching NXT 2.0. Voted in the Dewey Truman election. And and also be watching the butts on uh, on NXT 2.0. So um, there you go. That was the that's Rich the famous photograph of Truman holding yeah, up the yeah. newspaper. Dewey online. defeats Truman. Yeah. Dewey wins. Right? Dewey defeats Truman. That's yeah, it. Dewey Not Dewey Truman. wins. Dewey. Yeah. Wins. So Dewey wins. <laughs> you know the famous headline: Dewey wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we all Harry know Truman. it. We all know it off the top of our head. Dewey wins. Yeah. Harry Truman holding up the newspaper with the famous headline, Kane Dewey, in, <laughs> right, in, in, right. in 1948. Um, right up there with, Kit, with Sign Guy and ECW Arena holding up uh, right. Kane Dewey. Um, which oh, led to one of the greatest wrestling promos of incredible, all time. Incredible stuff. Yeah, those ECW fans yeah. rock. I, so I, was, uh, I did the, uh, the Slambery 1994 uh, show at com, and that was in Philadelphia. Uh, and they did a lot yeah. of cross-promotion with ECW at the time, which is like insane in hindsight. It's WCW. And it's ECW, but they realized, like, hey, we should probably do this. And I don't know if you remember the story of that show, but what a, what another great, like, Paul Heyman move there. So he – do you, do you know the story of, of the Slambery ECW? I, you haven't obviously gotten that to that in uh, November to remember just yet, but uh, I dug in a little bit to that. It was it was amazing, a masterful job by Paul Heyman in, in this. Uh, so it, WCW and ECW are, are doing a, a talent exchange here. Um WCW says, hey, whoever you want, you can have on your One World Collide show, and, and we want Terry Funk. So Paul Heyman, an absolute wrestling dork in the best way possible, selects Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton, you know what I mean, to bring onto his show, which is perfect for that type of fan base yeah. at that time, because wrestling nerds yeah. all fucking love Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson, and, and yes, great picks. And then he said, and then WCW's like, well, can we have Terry Funk? And Paul Heyman's like, ah, oh, I guess, sure. Yeah, take Terry Funk. And then they can then say, Terry Funk's on ECW, so go watch him on Slamboree, and then he's going to leave WCW and just come out of our shows all the time. Yeah, yeah. Fucking masterful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could have Terry Funk to do a double disqualification with Tully Blanchard, and then we'll just take him as our top guy again. But sure, great. Yeah. There's this, it's, uh, that's like Jovember. Like, I'm doing the best I can with 1993, but I can't wait to get into 
like some of this stuff. Yeah, because so, it really starts getting good. But uh, what I was going to mention as well with the ECW fans talking about Sign Guy and all that sort of stuff, yeah. halfway through the main event, which is uh, Sting versus Vader, they just start chanting. And now it's like, you can chant anything at Sting. You know, they're going to be more of a, you know, ah, Sting's a little bit of a, a dork and we're the e- hardcore ECW fans or whatever. So they could yeah. chant for Vader or they could say Sting sucks or whatever. But no, these ECW fans, including Sign Guy and, and Straw Hat Guy, you can see them in the front row chanting this, are chanting, Sting must die. Yes. Sting must die. Sting well, must die. Sting must die. And it starts with those two. And then by the time the show's going on, like there's like 2,000 people chanting, Sting must die. Sting must die. Yes. It's awesome. I'm like, fuck yes. There are dorks that don't think ECW is the greatest thing ever. Like, watch Slavery 1994 as that fan base, those that crowd that hates the show, that can't believe they, they went to this fucking show. It's per- oh, they're going to hate watch it. Yeah, it's the same. It's like the CM Punk fans, the, the CM Punk chanters. You know, they, they they would go to WWE shows and say this fucking sucks and I hate this, and we're going to chant CM Punk. Well, these people went to the show and decided, fuck this, we're going to chant Sting Must Die. <laughs> yes, so, I love it. It's classic stuff. There, dork with his face paint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rich, I am being told we have breaking news. You got Kotero Suzuki, Nosawa Rangai have been added to the Dragon Gate roster page. Ugh. And Ugh. Peros, Peros Del Mal is now considered a unit in Dragon Gate. Ugh. God damn it. Can't they go to Gleet? Gleet needs people. Go to Gleet, guys. You know, I, I haven't been able... A little birdie told me. What, what's the company that runs every day? Oh, go run that show. Kaliga. Kaliga. <laughs> go, go work for Kaliga. Uh, no, I watch that sometimes. I don't want them there. <laughs> Listen... A little bird me, a little birdie told me a couple weeks ago. I don't even think I, I I told you this one yet. I haven't been able to confirm it because you know I'm working on it. But a little birdie told me, Rich, that Gleet is heavily papering their shows. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm just saying that's out there. I don't know if it's true. I'm not. Don't don't put this on Reddit. Joe Lanza says all I'm saying is. I got from a pretty good, I'll call it secondhand source, who knows a very excellent firsthand source, that Gleet's doing some heavy paper and things aren't looking good. I'm going to be right in the end. I can't believe right in the end. yet another meme promotion is not doing well business-wise and will probably end up closing in a couple of years. I, I am I, listen, stunned by you, this. Let me tell you something. Some of these Gleet lineups look pretty damn good. They do look pretty awesome. I, I, I like the idea of Gleet more than I actually like Gleet, but I, I, I like Gleet I, often, yeah. I refuse, refuse to emotionally invest in, in, in Gleet. Great, whatever it is. There was a really good, there was a Gleet match that I was like, Joe has to care about this match. I forget what it was. Well, they're bringing Hiroki Goto in. That was it. Yeah, it was Goto. Yeah, and wasn't it Shingo and Shima teaming up and then Goto on the the show too? I was like, oh, he's got to care about Gleet now. I won't do it. Oh, come on. Shima and Shingo teaming together in Gleet. I'm not doing it. I'm steadfast. I refuse. Hiroki Goto. You're only going to get burnt if you emotionally (laughs) invest. In this bullshit, okay? That's all I'm saying. Um, 
We were talking about these cuts yes. before we got the real. Yeah, yeah. I don't know all these people. Yeah, we were initially when these things started going out. You and I were like, "Oh, baby, let's get ready. We got to have a. We're going to do a, a, a an instant reaction type thing. We're going to do a, a show that night." Because then Kai, Dakota Kai came out, Malcolm Bivens came out, Dexter Loomis. We're like, "Oh my God!" Harlan came out, Persia Prada, uh, and then it kind of slowed down to a bunch of people that don't matter pretty much whatsoever. Uh, referee, well, a lot of these, a lot of these Blair, people never even Baldwin. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of these people never even made TV, right? So. Vish Kanai or Kanya. Vish Kanya. Yeah. Draco Anthony, the aforementioned you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Oh, well, that guy, he had just started on TV. <laughs> Reginald Chase Cruz. And that's yeah. the end of him. So I you can't even assess him. I, I don't have an opinion on that guy yet. No. How, how can you? you? Yeah. He was just he was a recent NIL guy, right? He was like Right during, uh, or no, maybe he was, he, he was pre-NIL. He was during their, like, global tryouts thing, I think. Well, you know more than me. Yeah. I, I, I saw him wrestle a couple times, and that was about it. Rich, give me something on Mila Milani. Mila Milani. Um, All right, how about Raylin Devine? <laughs> got nothing for you. Nope, got nothing. So. All right, so let's circle back to Dakota Kai. Obviously, once her 30 days is up, if I'm Tony Khan, this is a no-brainer. I've talked about this before. I think you can make a legitimate case she's the top 10 women's wrestler in the United States. Reasonable minds could disagree. Maybe you'd have her 13th or something. Um, but I think I, you can make I, – I think she's fantastic at everything. Baby yeah. face, heel, mm-hmm. promo. She can do it all. I think that's an easy one. Bivens, again, look, I think sometimes people go a little too far. Let's take – look, he's not Bobby Heenan. but. He's tremendous. Yeah. It, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah, smart, like you don't even smart guy, gets yes. it gets it in all likeable. the ways, likable, knows how to market himself, knows how to use social media. Uh, yes. You can give him anything, and I think he's going to make it work in some way, shape, or form. He made Diamond Mine work. Uh, he's made He made everything he did on the indies work. Yeah, they're, they're a, a, a great talent, like you said. Is he Bobby Heenan? No. Nobody is Bobby Heenan. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's an all-timer. Uh, but definitely can it provide value to any yeah, maybe I'm being, in the maybe, world. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little hard on the guy with the Bobby Heenan comp. But uh, no, he's he's outstanding. Like, this is a no-brainer. He, he had, look, look, it would stun me. If this guy's not in AEW in 30 days, it's because it, it it's because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to, I, yeah. Um, Dexter Loomis, a little younger than I thought he was because he's been around so long. Um, there's a certain charm to him. I don't think – look, even if Tony Khan's not into the idea of Sam Shaw, this guy's going to end up in NWA or um, I'm sure he crossed paths with at Billy at some point in Impact. So he's going to either end up in NWA or Impact or one of those – he'll, he, he'll work. not the last of Sam Shaw. Yeah, he'll he'll work somewhere. I, I no, I'm not calling it from AEW, but yeah, he'll work. He'll he'll work in 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 the fringes for sure. I've always liked him a little more than you. I I, I like the serial killer thing. I I remember that with the where is your location? Wire. Yeah, what is your location? Yeah, yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, Harland, um, will he be back in our DMs? That's I was gonna. Say, I'm firing the DM I, up right now. <laughs> Yes. My man yes. knows how to market himself. I yes, he does. That. Harland um, knows how to market himself. Yeah, he uh, randomly – oh, did he delete it? Because it's – yeah, I think because his name changed or whatever. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, he slid in the old DMs like two years ago and just sent us a picture of him flexing 
yeah. and said like the future is bright or something like that. Yeah. And we're like, all right, <laughs> cool. And then if you say so. And then he got hired. So I mean, jokes on. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. Um, Parker Bordeaux, look, um, obviously a tremendous physical specimen. I don't know why they made him nails 2.0. I, that I don't. But the, the word was he wasn't a very good wrestler and wasn't improving. So that could be why they made him nails 2.0. So just because you're a tremendous physical specimen may not mean that you're adept at doing this pro wrestling thing. So Okay, I, I found it if you're ready. January 3rd, 2021, yes. we get him flexing and says 2021 is going to be something special. Yeah, he didn't want anything from us. <laughs> no, he just wanted to tell us that it's going to be special. So. He wasn't asking a question. He wasn't. Uh, no inquiry, no, just a picture of him flexing. <laughs> just to let you know. Letting us know that 2021 was going to be something special. Look, all right. You know, that's what I think we were just like, all right. We didn't respond. We didn't <laughs> respond. I think I said, like, like, you want to say anything to him? And you're like, I don't know. What do you say to him? <laughs> we just let it ride. We're like, all right. Nothing to say. I'm sure everybody else got the same DM. Um. Persia Parada, we talked about her. She's already taken indie dates. Stephanie Delander back on the scene. And then uh, all these people who we know nothing about. So can't comment on any of those. But that's the cuts. Now, allegedly, they're going to be doing these every 90 days. Like everyone's on notice. What a great company to yeah, work for. Yeah, a great company you're, to work for. Yeah. <laughs> you're all on notice every 90 <laughs> right. days. All of you can be fired at any time. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Buckle in for more. There were rumors that some main roster cuts were coming. I saw Lenny Leonard tweeting that he heard that they were trying to trim $6 million off the company uh, sometime uh, after the, the the call. So if there's truth to that, um, you know, these are developmental talents. These people were all making, you know, 50, 60,000 a year. This is not $6 million. So um, I don't know where all these other budget cuts are going to come to equal that total. If that rumor isn't, is in fact true. But uh, with WWE now, look, the cuts can come any day, anytime. So, yeah, I've seen some people say that we might need to start thinking of an NXT contract as, as really just kind of a prolonged tryout for a lot of these people. That, that, that you might come in, especially these NIL people might come in uh, and then just be, yeah, okay, well, you got it or you don't. Okay. And, and honestly, that's not like <laughs> it sucks to be in that environment, but I understand why they're maybe doing that of saying, hey, like, let's, let's just kind of churn through these people as quick as possible. If we see it in them, Okay, but if we don't, you're out, and, and you're, we're, we're moving on to the next batch of people. I mean, it, it's it's unsustainable. It's not a good way to develop talent. It's not a good way to develop WWE superstars, but they think they got it figured out, so good for them. Um, hey, can, can we say this, too? Good on Kai and good on Bivens for saying, no, I will not be resigning. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, smart. They don't have to eat shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they no, are, no the, thanks. I will pass. I'm not interested. And then they get released, but that's fine. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's almost like if you know you don't want to resign, do you string them along to just get every dollar out of that contract? Or do you tell them straight up, look, I'm not going to be resigning knowing that they're going to cut you on the next cycle? That's an interesting uh, the way that they've done it, though, is like it seems the best thing to do. And if, if, if history is any indication is just to eat shit until that contract ends and then tell them you're not going to resign because – Pretty often, it's the again a great company to work for. A plus company is that if you tell them, "Hey, I would like to pursue other opportunities in my independent contracting," they very likely will say, "Well, no, you can't do that. You must stay with us forever." 
Um, but if you just kind of eat shit for a while, yeah. it seems like they will let you go eventually. So. Well, they can't control whether you resign or not. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying is they offered him a contract, Bivens, and he told him he wasn't interested in resigning. Um, you know, so what I'm saying is, is it maybe smarter to just string them along until they're demanding an answer and get as much as you can out of them? Oh, I see. Because if yeah, you yeah, tell them right. you're not resigning, they're going to cut you, right? I don't know because they they look they're not ethical in the way they deal with you. So why should you be ethical in the way you deal with them? Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I see so, what you're saying. Yeah, you should. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, okay, I'll think about it. Which you know, maybe, for, you know, uh, for all I know, that's how they handled it. Right, and know, it seems like that's how Moxie maybe had handled it as well, where he was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, bye, I gotta go. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he admits he never opened the envelope. Right. He, just, I, he didn't even look at it. Because he knew, I'm, I'm just, I'm gone. You know, I just came to work and was a professional. Until he was done so um i don't know that's the cuts what do we got next i'm i'm done with ww yeah, but no. it's unbelievable how do you not find something for malcolm bivens to do i mean it's, <laughs> I it's incredible <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah, dakota kai and malcolm bivens how do you not see those people and and and, and not maximize them yeah. to their most i mean dakota kai is they, inc- listen at least they did stuff with kai when triple h was there he true. saw true true there. true no one ever did anything with Bivens. <laughs> he was on ice. There was like that year and a half where people weren't even sure if he was there anymore because he just didn't appear ever. And then he did like, yeah, it was so bizarre with him. Remember he would just randomly appear in the <laughs> yes, background? Yes, I was going to say, like, I was trying to remember if that was him or not. Yeah, he was like guy in crowd for like six months and then they just never did anything. <laughs> he would just, he would lurk around in the back of the scenes, like, and tease that he was going to, manage the people that were in the right scene. right didn't he uh he, 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 had a, was like, he had a brief period managing oh man uh, uh, commander aziz right what was commander aziz's original no, no, name no, there? no 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 yes he managed no he no, managed he was commander aziz as babatunde yes babatunde is commander oh, babatunde babatunde yes but he also managed indushir <laughs> right the, oh that's Indus right yes rinku and and, and Sarab yeah. or whatever yeah hell yeah but you're right i forgot about babatunde because he was uh yeah he did the evolve run and then, uh, yeah, he he's Commander Aziz, right? You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, the Indu Sheer thing, and that didn't <laughs> last. And um, then he oh, was he Tyler Rust. Remember that? The, like, well, no, he was in Diamond Mine. Yeah, Tyler Rust. He was in Diamond Mine. Diamond Mines, they're all gone except for Roderick Strong. <laughs> oh, and Ivy Nile, like Ivy Nile yeah, is still yeah. there, I guess. Uh, well, the new, well, the original Diamond Mines, Diamond Mine is all gone except for Roderick Strong. Like, because obviously the newer members are still there, because the Creed brothers and Ivy Nile and all that. But, um, but Tyler Rust and Hideki Suzuki, whatever. <laughs> what was his name? Hachi Man. Hachi Man, I believe, was his name. Yeah. Hachi Man. Um. Yeah, but uh, how do you not find something for Malcolm Bivens to do? It's just, it's a layup. What are we doing? And that's on all. That's not two point only. No, like, that's even on that. That goes back to the triple. Like you said, Dakota Kai was pushed as, as, yeah. just about as much as possible uh, of any woman on the roster during the Triple H regime or whatever. Bivens was not. Honestly, there was nothing left for her to do in NXT, and they didn't. They gave her a tryout and didn't call her up, so she was like, "All right, well, I, I got you know, I don't want to stay here." Yeah, smart, smart to realize that that she's probably not going to be the type that they want on their main roster anymore. 
So. Well, because as we've been saying, Rich, ahead of the curve on this as well, they're a tits and ass company again. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, that was obvious. And they're very specific in terms of what they look for in that. Tits. Because personally, to me, you know, <laughs> I have no issue with Dakota Kai whatsoever. I, I think she's a, a very attractive woman. But you that would, you company. Would her, you, would, you would hold her hand in the mall. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. If yeah. she wants Orange Julius, she can get Orange Julius. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Orange Julius. I had one of those in a mall in there. An Annie Ann's pretzel. <laughs> yeah, she wants an Annie Ann's pretzel. She can definitely get one of those. Those things are good head as to, hell. Head to, head to Suncoast video and look at the <laughs> right. WWE videos. Right. I would absolutely hold her hand and, and, and get her an Annie Ann's uh, pretzel, pretzel dog if she wanted one. But like, no, like, but there's very clear what they want in that, and uh, and 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 a lot of people wanted us last week to talk about the Athena thing where she did a you know uh, an interview and, and and said, oh, you know, there was some reports that I you know. They wanted me to dress sexier. There was an idea or a, a kind of a, 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 cre- a, you know, sort of a, not necessarily a, hey, this exact wording, but sort of a, hey, we want you guys to, you know, this is kind of the presentation we're getting. And people wanted us to react to that. And it's like, we've been telling you that for years. Like, what you t- yeah. like I don't know what you want me to react to. Like, tell all the other people to react to that. Tell all the women's revolution. Oh, my God. Like, tell those people to react to it. I don't need to react to it. I've been reacting to it for years telling you this is what that company is again. We've been saying Ever since uh, the women's revolution, the women's evolution thing, you know, that was a thing that they tried for a little bit. And it was largely because of Ronda Rousey. It was also maybe kind of because they were going to Saudi Arabia and women weren't allowed to wrestle on the show. Like those all things were kind of happening at the time. But we told you even a couple years ago that it's very clear what the direction of women in that company is. And especially with NXT 2.0, they just the veneer was way off when NXT 2.0 came because they fired basically everybody that wasn't. They're the classic idea of what a Vince McMahon, Johnny Ace, Bruce Pritchard, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Dunn, attractive woman was. And they're kind of left right. with whatever they have now. And it's like, we saw that. We said it at the time. Like, so I'm not going to react to the Athena thing because it's like we if people that listen to the show know that we've already been saying that. Hey, look at what's going on around around this company. Like, we're we're not fully in the Divas era again, but we're we're not far off of it. And the matches are getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that tournament wasn't... We, we talked about it when that fucking tournament, yeah. the Queen of the Ring thing. What was the total runtime of the entire tournament? Wasn't it like... Yeah, it you absurd. know... absurd. It was like 35 minutes total for the entire tournament or something. They're getting a lot of mileage out of a relatively brief period of time where, you know, with that women's revolution stuff. They're getting a lot of mileage out of that. Uh because things are definitely regressing. Look at their developmental. That's your that's your clue. Look at the developmental. That's what they're developing for the future. Okay, it's uh, you know, repackaged. Yeah, is out Rose. and Tiffany Stratton is in. That's that, there. You go. So, yeah, Mandy Rose. What's Priscilla Kelly's name? Uh, Gigi Dolan. Gigi Dolan. Toxic Attraction number three. Like all of them. It's just that that's what they are. You know, it's that that's what they're. Look what they're emphasizing in their own developmental. So, no, that interview didn't surprise me at all, you know. Um, but, yeah, when you have an I, uber, uber talented person like Dakota Kai, a great wrestler. Like, I, I'm with you. Top 10 women's wrestler in, in, in the U.S. for sure. And you just go, hmm, I don't know. We got nothing for you. <laughs> so, she was smart knowing the writing on the wall and saying, no, nah, I'm good. I'm out. So, she can uh, restart her Twitch, make a shit ton of money on there, and, and, and walk in AEW whenever she's ready to walk in and, and be a big-time deal in there. I'd be stunned if they don't bring her in. Stunned. I would be too. That would be a real like. What are we doing? Kai and Bivens. If they don't moonwalk into there, it's because they don't want to be there. That because I can't imagine that 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 those weren't immediate phone calls. All right, let's get to. Oh my god, we have a. 
We really only so have much a half an hour. Well, <laughs> okay. A little more, a little more. Uh, we got a little more. Okay. Uh, half hour with... uh, 40 minutes. We got 40 minutes here. Let's do this New Japan show. This Don Taku. Right. Yeah, let's let's do Don Taku here. So, all right. Did wrestling... you watch Don Taku? I watched all of Don Taku. So, that was a, a hell of a show. A lot of people, uh, uh, Super Jcast, Joel and Damon got a, a few people mad by saying New Japan is back. Uh, but it did feel like a pretty, uh, it, it felt like an impactful show in New Japan. Things happened, turns happened, re-debuts, returns, big-time matches, title changes. It felt like a real sort of restart show for me. I, I, did you get that same vibe when you were done watching it as well? I felt energized after watching this show. I mean, you know, it's, uh, the, the crowds still aren't cheering, but, you know, it's uh, with with just the fresh faces on the show, the people that are back in Japan and haven't been there in so long, um, you know, plus a couple of matches on the back end of the show that really delivered and a bunch of really cool angles. I mean, I, I haven't felt this good coming out of a new Japan show probably since the pandemic. Yeah, that, that, I kind of the, the vibe that I got was just that it felt for the first time like we are really in the right direction and like making a very large stride toward that next that that, that whatever that getting out of the pandemic, you know, getting out of whatever it is. And there was little stuff here and there. There was little stuff throughout the last couple of years. Okay. This guy could come back or this guy could be on here, but it felt like the floodgates were all the way open. You're bringing juice back. You're bringing gallows back. You're bringing Anderson back, whether the names or not, like regardless of what are the names and that's what you wanted and you want to blow club. I just mean that like those guys are able to come in now. Like those guys are able to freely come into the country. Uh, will Osprey was able to, you know, uh, very recently be able to freely come into the country. Jay White will be very soon as well, and that's all kind of encouraging. It's like okay, we're finally back to New Japan being able to bring these people in for big time shows, or being able to bring people and and, and be a global company again, and not necessarily you know what they have had to be unfortunately uh, for the last couple of years. So that that's where that energy came for me. Not necessarily. I don't know that I'm super super excited about Bullet Club stories or whatever. I, I, you know, they're, they're they're fine, but more than anything, it was like, oh, cool, we're we're off to the races again. Like the 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 doors are open again for people to come and go and and do whatever they you know need to do. So that has me encouraged. And the next step is just the fans cheering again. But but we're we're right there. That's pretty much all we need now at this point is the fans cheering again. And and God, I hope that happens imminently because that that would just take this thing whole thing up another notch and and just finally feel like we're truly out of it and 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 back to the the good old days, Joe. The good old days of look 2019. At, look at the energy that the Good Brothers and Juice Robinson brought to the show. Think about when they get the whole gang back oh, yeah. together. Uh, this is what I've been saying. This is a sleeping giant. It really is. This is going to be a loaded roster. And like you said, there's a bunch of new directions on this show, a million title changes, a bunch of angles. I'm buying New Japan stock. Let's go through it. So Taka, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr. defeat Bushi, Shingo, and you were right, Shiro Koshinaka. Ah, see, nobody ever gives lap. me credit when I'm right, but I was right about that one. Take your victory lap. Yeah, I will. There you go. Right. I, 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 my, I shot my ass up into the air. In, in, in... <laughs> go ahead. Keep moving on. You did a hip attack? Yeah. A hip attack. Um, yeah. The key here, though, is uh, the key thing to come out of this is Taichi and Shingo will be facing off for that dopey little trophy. So, um. I, what what stipulation won the thirty fall match or uh, the, the thirty fall? Yeah, it was the thirty fall. So it's a combination of thirty total fall, uh, not thirty falls. Well, that 30, already happened. That match happened already, didn't it? Uh, the thirty pin cat, but they set it up here, didn't they? Set it up. Am I confused? I no, think you're it confused. Didn't I think you're confused. No, I, I'm pretty sure you're confused. That happened on like no, that happened on like the twenty fifth of April or something like that. 
no, it didn't. <laughs> Hold on a second. It did. Did I miss a show? Yes. April 25th, 30 count Golden Fight Series, Night 7. Yes, you missed it already. Ah, God damn it, this week's been busy. It was good. It was actually pretty fun. I actually didn't mind. Did it. you watch it? I did. It was pretty cool, actually. So not 30 falls, 30, 30, count. 30 count. So if you get a two count. count, that's two. You get another two count, that's four. You know what I mean? Like, so it adds up to the point where, yeah, Shingo's then sitting on, you know, 25 or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, so it was cool. It was actually a pretty – of all these dumb things, there's been stupid bird cages and, and, and dumb weapons or whatever. This one was kind of cool because there was a lot of strategy involved in, 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 in terms of kicking out and, and when you go for pinfalls and how you go for pinfalls and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you just had to get to 30 pins or 30, wait, 30 wait, counts wait, wait, in general. So. Wait. Wait, that's when Shingo won the title. Yes. Correct? Yes. I'm asking. Yes, yes. I need you to help me here. Yes. Shingo won the title. Correct, in the 30 count. In the 30 count match, yes. correct? Yes. All right, so I got it in reverse. Then they, yeah, okay, all right. It's been a long week. <laughs> There's been a lot going on. Yeah. Hiromu defeats Yo. Yo is kind of spinning his wheels, but I think he is facing show on the final night of the super junior oh, tour. Right. So finally <laughs> we get Yo and show again. <laughs> that oh you're not excited about the no, potential I think I'm over, over that those whole, two men. I think I'm over that whole thing. Uh advancing over one another. They are facing, yeah, the final night is Yo versus Show. So I guess we'll talk about Super Juniors in a minute, but that tells you that Yo's gonna be right in the mix more than likely, because I don't think they're gonna do a throwaway because you look at the rest of that A block, uh, Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu will obviously be a big match, and none of the other ones will be. So I think Yo versus Show will be the other meaningful match. So, um, But Hiromu wins this one. Tango Loa defeats Yujiro. Look, this wasn't any kind of great match or anything, but Tango Loa winning a singles match over Yujiro, I'm, I, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking... This does so much more for these guys than scoring a fall in, like, some eight-man tag. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, this did so much more for him than if he would have pinned Yujiro with, like, you know, teaming with three other guys. Like, this is – they should do more of this. We I know agree. that they won't, but they really should do more of this on these undercards with – you know, because beating Yujiro, who cares? You can't, you can't hurt Yujiro. So this is a good win for Tangaloa, and it was more impactful. Because it was a singles match. Um, junior tag titles. Wato and Taguchi retained over uh, Duki and Kanemaru. Uh Taguchi was wearing a thong underwear. There, you know, the, 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 just I don't. Know. What do you want me to say? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It was what it was. Yeah, um, the business end started just about here at this point. Yeah, Taguchi's a pervert. We get it. It's I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of bored of it. I'm ready to just have something new. We'll just uh, have him go away. To be honest, so. So Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens win the tag titles, and this is one of those things that makes you feel stupid for not seeing it coming. We disregarded adding them to the match, and we kind of blew it off and said, ah, it's just, you know, they don't want to do another six-man match, so they just shoehorned them in here. But if we had been thinking and using our brains, we would have realized that they were going to win this because it was the perfect way to get the titles off of Ocon and Cobb without beating them. And... We were told at the beginning of the year that Chase Owens was going to get a push this year due to his loyalty, and the office really likes him because he gets them out of a lot of jams. He never says no. 
He works hard. He eats everybody. He ate everybody's finisher. He for got like over there and that one. Remember, it was like 15 hours notice and he got over there yeah. to wrestle or some ridiculous thing. So, yeah, it, one it, of the Jacksons was having a baby and was missing the tour. So he replaced either Nick or Matt Jackson on a super junior tour. So the office loves him. We knew he was getting pushed this year. It was conspicuous that they were the third team. And then when I saw the finish, I was like, we're really dumb and we should have saw this coming. So Fale and Owens win and uh, Ocon and Cobb, it looks like they're going to you know, get a rematch or whatever. And, and they might just win the titles back there. But I'm a little. Bad luck, Fale. He's there was that period where he was kind of getting back in decent shape and looking good in the ring. He looks brutal again, man. I don't know what is going on. That's I'm not uh, not in love with what I saw from Bad Luck Fale. Uh, he's a low effort guy. He just yeah, it's 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 tough. There was a, a while there where he didn't seem like he was that low effort, but he's all the way back to low effort again. So. Look, he's got a job for life. He's got that school in New Zealand. He funnels them talent. Um, you know, he's he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, I just get used to it. Yeah, he's going to be there, and 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 he's he's a good kind of in between guy for them. So I get it. He's a low effort guy, and you know, every now and then he'll get a big singles match as a gatekeeper and. Stuff like this. I don't know. Um, Tamatanga wins the never open weight title from Evil. Um, this kind of surprised me. I didn't think they'd take the title off Evil here, but um, they did. I kind of like this match. Did you like this match? Because I thought it was actually kind of fun. Tamatanga is like fiery babyface. is actually kind of fun. I, I'm into it. I a thought lot. it was pretty good, and I think Evil really is an excellent wrestler who's constrained by an awful gimmick. He 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 really is an excellent wrestler. He doesn't always and it's not always just a gimmick. There's there's sometimes where his performances aren't as good as they should be, but when 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 his stuff lands, it really does land. But uh and I'm gonna tell you something about the the bullet club stuff. I don't hate it. I'm giving it a chance and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. It's different. It's gonna have lots of twists and turns. Um I, I I don't hate it. I know we're going to talk about the Juice Robinson thing coming up, but this was really a Bullet Club heavy show in terms of a lot of advancement with that story that they're telling, and it's going to bleed into AEW with with uh, with with Jay White and Adam Cole and the and the Elite. Um, I'm into this for now. Uh, you know, I I'll probably get tired of it at some point, but I like this better than the than the status quo of just the Bullet Club cheating in every match and House of Torture and. This is different, at least, and it, and like you said at the top, it's fr- it feels fresh. Yeah, it's a major shakeup, and it's the first major shakeup that the Bullet Club's had. It's seemingly in a in, in a number of years. I mean, yeah, there was obviously you know big time stuff when you had like, but it feels like since the elite left, like since Cody and all that sort of stuff left, it it, it feels like the most because they really, I mean, yeah, you can count the House of Torture stuff as as you know, but I didn't think that that was that was just kind of the same thing, but just more people. But now it really does feel like things have totally shaken up and that there is actually a completely different sort of hierarchy in the bullet club, which, which is fun. That, that is cool that that is happening. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to give it a chance. Uh, again, I am very likely to get sick of it very quickly, but, uh, for right now I, I am into it. And I, I think I've actually been pretty, uh, I'm pretty into some of the bullet club stuff and definitely into the Tamatanga uh, babyface run. I, I think he's, he's nailing it so far and, and I'm excited to see what happens moving forward with it. Yeah, no, he's been a fun babyface. There's no doubt about it. Ishimori beats Despy for the junior title. I didn't see this coming either. So Ishimori, Heads into the Super Juniors as the junior champion. Like I said, he faces Hiromu on the final night of the A block. So that's going to be a huge match. Um, They're probably setting up Hiromu for another Super Junior win. We'll talk about the Super Junior field, which is an exciting field. Um, 
Oh yeah, Ishimori knocks off Despi. Despi is in the B block, and on the final night, he faces El Phantasmo. So, but we'll talk about more more about that in a minute. Uh, Tanahashi beats Ishi to win the uh, U.S. title. This was great. Um, this really was great, and. I want to give the match its due before we talk about the angle because this was Tanahashi doing Ishii's game and then Ishii attempting to do Tanahashi's game and they didn't overstay its welcome and it's Tomohiro Ishii in a big match. It's Hiromu Tanahashi. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi in a big match and those guys usually deliver in those spots and they did here against each other and this was just neck and neck with the main event for the best match of the night. I I really love the match. Did you love the match? I, I did too. Yeah, I actually think this blew away the main event. And I liked the main event a lot, but I thought this match just had so much more, to me, a little bit more intrigue into it, a little bit more, because it, it felt, there was points during this match where I was like, I they're going to do it with Ishii. They're going to do it. He still hooked me in. I got hooked in by Ishii again. How have I still, it's decades now that I should have known better. It's at least a full decade now that I should have known better that he wasn't going to win this match, but he's just like that fucking good. Like you, you went on that rant many, many years ago when your first famous rant on the show where, where you were standing and pacing about the Ishii Naito match and how you just you want this guy to win so badly and this was another one of those nights where I was like fuck it let's go give him the title man let's do it because he deserves it he earned it he was out there busting his ass and Tanahashi taking it a little easy for a while saying ah you know what this guy's on short notice I, you know, I, I'll be fine and no it doesn't work that way because it's Tomohiro Ishii and he's gonna, you're going to have to fucking kill the guy to finally put him away and Tanahashi, Tanahashi does have to finally kill him uh, to win this title but man there was multiple points where I'm just like fuck it go with Ishii come on let's do it have him win the US title it, 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 you know oh my god what a what a tremendous match I went, I went four and a half I loved loved loved, loved this match one, one of my okay. favorite yeah just great stuff so I want to redeem myself okay I, this is why I was confused because Taichi and Shingo are having another match for that title on the next major show okay which was which was set up by this opener I just got confused and didn't realize they had the 30 30 count show that already happened yet. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait, but why did then Taichi win this match if they already had, because they're having another match. So I, I, okay. So anyway, um, I knew I wasn't going completely crazy. I just didn't, I thought they, they did. I just didn't realize you're fine. I don't care. You're good. I thought you said I'm all right, spider. So anyway, Okada (laughs) defeats Tetsuya Knight. Well, we got to talk about the juice Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Uh, Chase Owens comes out. Looks like he's going to challenge Tanahashi. And this was so brilliant because we all know Chase Owens beat Tanahashi in the G1. So we're waiting for a payoff to that, right? And this could be it. All right. So we're like, wow, this is great long-term booking. But it's a swerve. Oh, and, a swerve. Chase, and, and Chase is justified. He says, you know what? I beat you and I never got that title shot. And I'm like, you know what, Chase? You're damn right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're already the tag team champion. But hell, can you- Get as much as you can, man. With your when when you got the momentum, when you're riding the high, go for it. Go for the U.S. title. Go for the tag titles. Go for it all, man. You you, you know you're riding this high. You're riding the momentum. Go for it. And he's justified. He was absolutely justified. And I was like, cool. They're going with the Chase Owens. This is very interesting. But no, wasn't it was a be. swerve. Yes. And another Bullet Club member attacks Tanahashi, reveals himself to be Juice Robinson, who worked us all and did it successfully. And I love this. I love this. He convinced the world that he was fed up with pro wrestling. And his contract was up, that he was going away. We figured he'd come back at some point, but it was all a gigantic swerve. This man joined the Bullet Club. He attacked Tanahashi. It freshens him up. 
just a week ago, we we're talking about how stale he was and he has to go away and it's the time and he's hit his <laughs> right. ceiling. Yeah, we we're telling this guy to hit the fucking bricks. I will say, for the record, I will say this, that at Windy City Riot, I was sitting in the, the, the section around where, like the backstage area, and they, one, his wife, they're, they're married now, right? I don't know if they're married. They're married. His his the, the woman he is with, <laughs> Mrs. Yes. Storm, uh, was Miss <laughs> Storm, I guess, if, if they're not married. Brought in like fifty five people backstage, and they all like kind of looked like Ju- like it was clearly Juice Robinson's family. So like <laughs> they had the family go meet him. He's waving yeah. to the crowd. He's bowing. You know, David Finley is in tears, bawling as they're hugging, and I'm like, well, that's got to be it. I mean, he like, Listen. it's got to be it. Did Tony get worked? Did the family get worked? How deep does this work go? I need to know it. It's a, it's a con man's business. Oh, I love it. Working. It's a, professional liars. Professional liars, the whole yes. lot of them. Yes. God damn it. Did he work Tony? I hope joke. he worked Tony. I hope he worked Tony. That would be incredible. He got worked. Did the he family get worked. worked? Did the uncle get worked? No, did, did he's, he's from Chicago. Listen, <laughs> his family was probably there because he was in town having a match because I don't think he lives there anymore. Right. That's probably true. So, you know, David Finley, he's like a third generation worker. Tony Storm's in the business. Juice always pulls this kind of shit, which is another reason we should have right. saw it coming. OK, my man deleted social media like seven years ago, way ahead of the game before any of us realized how, how smart that first- would have been. At the first hint of trouble, he said, I'm out. Fuck this. <laughs> you, do you remember why he deleted? I remember why. Uh, he oh, I don't remember the exact reason, but but yeah. What do you got? He was on Twitter. He he made some comment about all of the Japanese puss that he was slaying when <laughs> he was over there right. on the course. I do remember that. And then like people started tweeting him how problematic that was and all that. And he deleted all of his social media and never came back. He is the world's smartest man. He said, Fuck this. I don't need it. I'm out. Brilliant. Now he doesn't have to deal with any of this nonsense. But, Rich, you got worked. These are workers. The man faked fucking whatever. Not, I, I don't want to say retirement, but he made everybody think he was done. Yeah, went on Wrestling Observer Live, told him, I don't care. Uh, I'm not yeah. really interested in wrestling anybody. Uh, we'll see. And the contract's up, and I had no bookings afterwards. So. They, put, they didn't put this together in three days. This was the plan. This was beautiful. Work me. Work me, brother. I love being worked. Doesn't it feel good to be worked? It does worked? feel good. It does feel When he came out, I was like, oh, you dog. Oh, man, you got me. Yeah. You, do, you, do, like the, you do like the finger. I was doing it. Yeah. You could hear it on the microphone, but I did the, ah, you dog, you. You got me. You got me. got me. Yeah. It's fantastic. And all of a sudden, he feels fresh. We're not telling him to get lost anymore. And all it took was like, you know, working us and doing one cool angle. That's all it took. And think about this. A week ago, we're telling this guy to hit the bricks. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. I'll retire. Good. Go retire. You stink. Get out of here. And not only are we excited about him, we're excited about someone joining Bullet Club. Right. What? <laughs> None of this makes any sense. That's like the most tired, tropey way to hit the reset button. But. It works in this instance. Like, this works for him. This fucking tie-dye, Grateful Dead fucking dancing bullshit with the fucking dreadlocks was so tired. This guy feels totally renewed. We get to see him work heel. He can leave Finley in Chicago if he wants. But I am excited about this. 
there's locker space available on the PC for David Finley now. They cut a well, bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. So, I, don't think that, I don't think that call is coming anytime soon there. We'll Dave. see. Yeah. Right. Okada Naito. I have to tell you, I like this way better than the previous two matches they had this year. This felt more like one of their Tokyo Dome matches. They were in a dome, so maybe they decided to step yeah, it up. Yeah, it left me a little um, empty in the end. I thought it was good, but it, I, I don't know. It left me a little bit. I just want them with the crowd. and the. I don't know. It was kind of a weird one. So Yeah, no, I thought this was great. I really did. I went four and a half on this and the Tanahashi Ishii match. Um, th- this felt like a big time Okada Naito match. I liked their other two matches this year, but this one I thought by far was the best. You got to give Naito credit. He did this with double vision. He had that eye surgery this week. I don't know if that leaves him off of Forbidden Door or if he has enough recovery time, but he's been wrestling with double vision apparently, which can't be easy to do. Um, so he got that corrected. And Okada, at least for now, is your uh, is your world champion. And Rich, I almost turned off the stream before the Switchblade came out. So I almost missed all of that. But uh, that'll be your next challenge. I did. And then I realized, oh, <laughs> and then I went back. So, uh, yeah, that was the thing where I, I, I turned it off and then I saw that. Yeah, then then so. But like we said, again, the energy with getting all those people back in there. And, yes, it's all Bullet Club stuff. It's all the – but it's still the idea that now the door is open again. That these people can finally come back again. That, that yeah, no, am I happy to see Doc Gallows back in New Japan? No, but I'm happy to know that Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson can come back to New Japan. Am I – you know, ecstatic yeah. to see more Bullet Club stuff? Nah, maybe not. Talk to me in a couple months, but I'm ecstatic that Juice Robinson could get on a plane, show up in Japan, and work there. I'm ecstatic that Jay White now can show up and not have to do a two-week quarantine or whatever, because that was clearly holding a lot of these guys back that were just like, you know what, call me when we can actually just come to the shows and work and then go do whatever we want. Like, I'm not sitting here and I'm not spending a week in a hotel room. I'm not spending a month here in Japan if, I, if I'm only going to be used one time or whatever. Like, I'm going to come if, if it's going to be worth my time and if it's it's going to be able to, to you know, come and, and, and go as we kind of please. And it finally feels like we're at that. And that is awesome because that that then, like you said, that opens the floodgates to everybody. The whole roster is at their disposal now. All their connections that they made over the last two years, all the New Japan strong guys, all now AEW guys, guys from all. I mean, that, that whole floodgate is open now. And that is super exciting to, you know, more than anything, more so than the Bullet Club stuff. It, to me, it presented like or represented just the reopening of, of, of New Japan. It is open for business again, and that, like you said, is, is a scary proposition because they have a lot of talent. With, they have a lot of tentacles on a lot of different talent, and that's going to be pretty incredible. I want to talk about Machine Gunka. Let me tell you something about this guy. Machine Gunka in Impact or WWE or basically anywhere else in the world, he's a C. You put Machine Gunka in New Japan, he's a B+. He's just made for New Japan. He's just, I, I think, I think he just cares more when he's in New Japan. There's a different energy around Carl Anderson when he is in New Japan, both in the ring work and his promos. Didn't he feel like he was at home on this show? Or am I just crazy? No, no, he definitely did. Yeah, I've always been, I, we we on this show, we have always been Carl Anderson respecters on this show because if, you know, if you if you d- jumped into New Japan in you know your 2016, 2017, 2018, or whatever, you either just kind of sort of know about this guy, or maybe I forget when did he officially go to WWE? What year was that? Was that twenty? Because he, he went in the Exodus with Nakamura and stuff, right? Yeah, twenty and AJ. fifteen or sixteen or something. Right. Like that. So if you're kind of a new fan, you might kind of tangentially know about Carl Anderson. But if you started watching and went back and watched stuff, if, you know, for someone like you that 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 
kind of watched the whole way through and watched New Japan, you know, through the rise and the fall or whatever. You know, he was a guy that was there for many, 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 many years, just kind of toiling away, kind of applying his craft or whatever. And then right before they really kind of exploded onto the scene, he was doing incredible work. He was in big time singles matches, in G1s, in finals of stuff, like, you know, in the finals of the G1s, in big time matches with Okada, in big time matches with other guys. And he was great in those. And then it kind of felt like we didn't get all of him when, when he was there with Gallows and when he was just doing, you know, as, as the fifth guy in the Bullet Club or whatever. But yeah, no, he, he's a dude that definitely feels like he understands how important New Japan is. He respects New Japan. He gets what that company is, and it That's does feel... That's just it. He res- you, you get the sense he respects New Japan, and you get the sense he dogs it everywhere Right, else. he knows that he has to bring his A-game to New Japan because his, yep. his, 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 his going half-ass is not good enough for those fans. It's not good enough for that company. It's not good enough for those guys in the locker room. He does not have that same thought about impact. Or he does and not he have that same there. thought about he- WWE or whatever. He went to the LA Dojo and and he he he's a New Japan guy. Like he was in the original LA Dojo and 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 they and New Japan made his career when no one else wanted him. Right. New Japan did. He was just some dude in the in the, what the Ohio Indies or whatever, and they they took a chance on him and and yeah, changed his entire life. And you just sense that there's a different energy with him when he's in New Japan as opposed to when he's literally anywhere else. He's definitely a worker's worker in that he knows the bare minimum he can get away with everywhere else. And he hits that bare minimum, like right on the fucking line. You get him in New Japan, there's an energy to his promos. The work is better. His presence, he feels like a bigger star. And he brought that here, and he didn't even wrestle. He just, like, cut a promo and cursed a lot. But that's what he brings. It's like he just hits different in that company. He goes from a C player totally replaceable absolute jag to a b plus a minus guy when he's in new japan so gallows well you know he seems like a nice guy (laughs) always gets work man gotta respect the hustle dude has consistently had jobs in major wrestling companies for god what are we looking back i mean when was he fake kane i mean we're talking about like the mid two. When was he fake Kane, Doc Gallows? Like, when did he do the the? He did the the fucking. Uh... He was aces and eights. He was the director of. Uh... Well, he was the freaking deacon going back even further, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking. Yeah. Well, that's he was why in he's deep south in like two thousand and six or two thousand five. That's why he's Doc because yeah. he's the director of whatever. No, but he he also did the. Uh, um... Uh, of mice and men gimmick in WWE. With, oh, Festus, uh, yeah, when he was Festus, yeah. It was Festus. With, with, with Festus with Ray and Gordy. Jesse. Yeah, Festus and Jesse. Yeah, so he's been around forever. But look, <laughs> I don't mind him as the ninth member of Bullet Club who who is big and menacing. Like, do I want him as my tag team champions, semi-main event? And I don't. But again, the role is always what matters for anyone, having people slotted properly. But Carl Anderson is absolutely a positive addition uh, being back with New Japan. So, um, no, this show... I enjoyed this entire show from top to bottom. Yeah. Top two matches to me were great. It seems like I liked the main event a little more than you. you. Did. Yeah, I, I liked it, but I, I the problem for me is I just I didn't dislike the main event as much as I loved the semi main event. Like I thought the semi event was fucking incredible. I, I that I loved that match, Tanahashi Nishi. And I've seen those guys wrestle a bunch of times. I've seen Okada and Naito wrestle a bunch of times too. But for some reason, I don't know what it was on that night, on that day, or whatever. I just got so into Tanahashi and Ishii, and I didn't know the result, and I just, in my head, I was like, fuck, I want Ishii to win this match so badly, and I knew he wasn't going to. 
God, I just did it. Whereas Okada and Naito, to me, it was still kind of a foregone conclusion. I know some people were like, ah, maybe Naito. I, to me, I, I didn't think there was much of a chance for Naito to win it. But I, I thought, very good. I, I still enjoyed it. But um, no, I, I just thought, it, it, I just thought Tanahashi Nishi was just so fucking good that, that it, it, it kind of clouded my judgment on, on Okada and Naito. All right, Super Juniors, A Block, Taguchi, Hiromu, Yo, Kanemaru, Taiji Ishimori, who's now the champion, Sho, and here's the four interesting names. Clark Connors, Alex Zane, Ace Austin, and the good Italian boy, Francesco Akira. That's not bad, huh? For four four nice nice new names in the A block. Um, Ace Austin, first of all, I didn't even think about that. But that is just so smart to bring that guy over for this. I wasn't even thinking about the impact connection and the possibility of him being in Super Junior. But he really has a chance to blow a lot of people away who don't pay any attention to impact and might not know how good he is. So um, that's a nice pickup. Alex Zane, I think the connection there is Robbie Eagles, because if you remember a few years ago at WrestleMania weekend on that pizza party show, Robbie Eagles was booked against Alex Zane and nobody knew who Alex Zane was at that time. Yeah. 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 And they knew each other somehow. um, And that was kind of the match that broke Alex Zane through. He got booked everywhere after that because he's a little older than people think and um i would not be surprised if robbie eagles was the connection there with how with alex zane and of course he's been doing some you know stuff you know uh in and around new japan as well but i i wouldn't be shocked if robbie eagles pushed for that but uh b block wato robbie eagles bushi dookie despy el phantasmo and then the four uh, interesting names here. Teton, who there's some speculation it was supposed to be Mascara Dorada, but he had some visa issues, so Teton gets the spot instead. I don't know if that's true. Maybe we should check with like Cubs fan or something, but that's what I've been hearing. Uh, TJP, to be expected, coming in with the United Empire. Wheeler, Utah. We'll talk about that in a minute. And L. Lindemann, who was the Gleet champion, or did he lose the title to... to Ooh. Oh, that match didn't happen yet. I'm not That's sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think he is still the champ. He's facing uh, Shigehiro Iri, I think. Um, so he might drop that title, which politically would free him up to do a lot of jobs. If he loses, the t- we should check the date. Yeah, that, that. I'm, I'm checking it right now. May oh, no. 18th. May 18th is the date for that okay, one. Okay, so. perfect. So he could lose that, and then that would make things a lot easier. Although I don't know how much political muscle Gleet has. Yeah, anyway. the I mean, G-Rex championship, how much that matters to people. So yeah, I don't, but, yeah, I don't but, know that. So, But what about the political muscle of Tony Khan with his ROH Pure champion being in this tournament? That is a very interesting guy... one. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. That's why I, I really have the B-Block circled. More. The A-Block's got some fun stuff in there. There's some pretty interesting matches in there. But the B-Block has me fascinated because I think there's some really, really cool workers uh, in there, uh, Desperado mixing it up with Teton and TJP and, and Lindemann all sounds awesome. And yeah, I'm fascinated what they do with Wheeler Utah because he's gonna have to, he can't be, he can't go over, you know what I mean? He's got to be getting some wins there, but yeah, what, what's the political, you know, how many wins is he in contention? Is he winning the block? Like, what are they gonna do? Because that's a, that's a guy you gotta, you know, if you're bringing him in, and I wonder, AEW has been very, very protective of their guys, and he's a he's a champion. It's not just a guy. He's a literal champion, and he's in a big-time unit in their company. So, yeah, there's got to be some sort of protection uh, he's attached not just to him. A, he's not just a champion and in a big-time unit. He's currently being pushed to the moon. Right, right, I mean, right. So he can't go, you know, four and six or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to do something. This is going to so. be a great test of how, of how Tony Khan views overseas tours. 
he might view them as it's not happening in my ring. It's not even happening in America. It's not even happening on this continent. Do what you wish. Right. How much do I care? But that doesn't fit. Like he doesn't even let his guys job on the smallest of indie shows. Uh, the, the, all of his guys won on the Chicago show on the Chicago, new Japan show. So this is interesting to see how they handle this. Like, obviously he's going to have to lose some math. Look, maybe he'll run the table and go to the final. I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, I don't think that's impossible. Like, you know what I mean? That's, I don't, it's shocking, but I don't think it's that impossible that that's what happens. And maybe Khan views it as, all right, if he loses to Hiromu in a final. Right, right, right. I can, I can accept that. No, he doesn't have to win the whole thing, but I'd like him to go to the finals. And that might be enough. I mean, Despy, obviously, has to be the favorite in the block. As I look at the final night, Despy faces Phantasmo. Wheeler Utah faces TJP. That could be a neither guy is in the mix match, or it could be they might give TJP a nice little push in the tournament representing United Empire. Right. You know, So that could be a meaningful match. The rest of the B block is Bushi versus Lindemann. That seems like a neither guy in contention match. Dookie Watto, same thing. And then Robbie Eagles versus whoever I haven't named yet. Um, Teton. Teton, Teton, yeah. So... I don't know. I feel like that Utah TJP match might be meaningful. Yeah, I, 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 th- I do too. I don't think that's an accident that that's the final night. I mean, yeah. he, they're not taking the title off of Utah anytime soon. And that's, I mean, politically, like, and like you said, even it's not just that he's the champion of something that they, I mean, they're literally pushing this guy as one of the top young stars yes. in their entire company. It's so, yes, they are. I don't know. It'd be fascinating to see. This is going to be a big one. Like you said, this, this will say a lot about the future of, of AEW guys being booked elsewhere. Um, Cause he's a good litmus test for this. You know, how much do they care about this guy uh, and how much do they care about Japan and how much do they care? Yeah, I'm. I'm... Let, let me tell you something. Despy versus Lindemann. Utah versus Lindemann. Robbie Eagles versus. Know, that B-block. That B-block rocks. That's a good looking. You got Robbie Eagles, Despy, TJP. Wheeler, Utah, and Lindemann all Robbie against Eagles each other. Robbie Eagles and Utah. Can you, uh, Robbie Eagles and Lindemann, man. That's fucking rocks. That sounds great. Those five against each other. And then you throw in Teton will have some decent yeah, matches. Yeah, Teton and Dookie can have a class, you know, just a, a, a lucha brawl, too. That'd be pretty fun. Dookie versus Lindemann. Yeah. I mean, there's Lind- a Lindemann lot rocks. there. Lindemann rules, man. Yeah. Great. Lindemann is, you know, I hope this is his coming out party for some people. Hope they never I let mean, him leave. Hope they keep him and just don't let him leave. Yeah, fuck Lee. I mean, really? Really? I mean, come on. Tell him Shima's not uh, his real father, and he doesn't have to do what Shima tells him to do. And he could just, no. if he wants to stay, he can stay. And he should drop that dopey belt in a garbage can like Medusa. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what he the G Rex, throw the G Rex in a trash yeah. can. Yeah. And just stay. <laughs> they should just kidnap El Lindemann. <laughs> I um, uh, support that, actually. Yeah, I support the kidnapping. Look. Slightly He's willing. All... I would like him to be slightly willing to be uh, uh, kidnapped, but yes, I, I am in favor of, of, of a soft kidnapping of Bell Lindemann. So you prefer B-Block? Um, yeah, I think there's more intrigue in the B-Block. There's some cool stuff in the A-Block. You know what, what I want to see in the A-Block? Ace Austin, number one. I want to see him have a big tournament. 
and open some people's eyes. Because I think there's a lot of people who pay no attention to Impact. Oh, no, no. Yeah, z- zero. People are probably laughing at Ados. They probably have no idea who he even is, most people. Oh, they'll know. Oh, they're going to know. Yeah, he's, 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 he's improved a well. lot. He's really, really good now. And the other thing I'm curious about in the A Block, this is a great test to see if the good Italian boy can hang in New Japan. Because he's going to face the gamut, all kinds of styles. Hiromu, you know, the Matt wrestler with Yo. Kanemaru always has fun Super Junior matches. They're always outside the box. Something creative. Um, so, to me, I want to see if the good Italian boy can hang. I want to see if Ace Austin can break through. But yeah, looking at it, I think I prefer to B-Block too. There's just too many killer matchups in the B-Block. I'm kind of over Hiromu a little too. I... Yeah, we're 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 the anti. I, I don't want to say anti Hiromu, but we're I'm probably anti Hiromu. Yeah. But I I think I was kind of a, a leader of the. I'm kind of tired of this guy pack. I don't know. I, it's not that I don't think he's good because I do. I don't know. I I'm just kind of bored by the whole thing. So am I. I he's kind of a dork too. I don't know. I, um. Yeah, I think I'm with you with the B block. The fun stuff in that B block, man. Phantasmo yucking it up with. Yeah. I mean, but this lot, whole tournament feels super fresh. It does. I mean, it feels really cool. And yeah, having those bottom four guys, like you mentioned, in, in, in both blocks, those eight guys added are all like fun, intriguing. Because like, again, like last year, we would have had cut all those guys off. You know what I mean? It's just like all just the normal roster guys. Now you have new Elindeman versus all these people you've never seen before. Ace Austin versus all these people you've never seen before. You know, Alexander yeah. versus all these people you've never seen before. Like that, That's always going to be the intrigue of these tournaments. And it's finally open again. It's finally possible to happen again. So yeah, that's of we course. We even talk make... about Phantasmo in the B block. I He's... just said Phantasmo. Yeah, yeah I said Phantasmo yucking it up with, We didn't you know... even talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What trade would you make? I would trade Watto for Ace Austin, I think. Ooh, I think I'm going to do Watto for, <laughs> yeah, Watto's gone. Hit the bricks, pal. Get on my B block. I would do Watto for Clark Connors. I think I would trade Watto and Bushi for Ace Austin and Hiromu. That's a bad trade. Of course it is, but I... <laughs> but it's your trade, so yeah, you yeah. Make it, yeah. This is I'm telling you what I would do. Then <laughs> that would be ideal. Ah, uh, that'd be perfect. Because then you get all like Taguchi, Watto, Bushi, all in the same. Yeah, you get all that shit that you don't have to watch. So the problem with doing that's the problem with doing that though is then one block is really bad every night. Right. We can just not watch that block though, but you got to watch everything. Got to watch everything. Got to watch everything. Um. Yeah. No, that's uh. Very interesting, Super Junior. Look, New Japan's gonna do nothing but be more interesting from here on out. I mean, I think the G1 lineup—they're gonna want to prove something this year. They're going to load that fucker up, too. They have so many options for the G1. Between New Japan Strong, Impact, AEW. Fuck. Rich, it's back, Rich. Wrestling is, is pretty cool. Back? Yeah, wrestling's pretty cool right is now. New Japan back? Uh, You're not ready to say it yet? I don't know if I'm ready to say it just yet, but they're, uh, they're certainly... They're, they're... What about if... It, okay, if they announce cheering crowds tomorrow, will you say? They're back. Then they're back, yes. Then they're back? Yep. That's your, that's your one barrier. Mm-hmm. Look at this Super Junior lineup. That's when does it start? Good. It starts uh, uh, May 15th. May 15th runs until June days. 3rd. Ends in June 3rd uh, in Budokan Hall. So. we got the Philly show wedged in there too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that is... Man, there's a, man, a bunch of stuff going on. Well, there's a couple of Philly shows. There's the New Japan um, 
No, no, no. The, I'm sorry. The DC the one. The DC, DC one. Capital Comics. That is on the 14th. So that's actually in a couple weeks now. 14th. Yeah. How's that one? And then, and then they're going to Philly for like Capital Collision. Did I say Capital Combat? That's the WCW paper. Capital Collision. Yeah, but then they have New Japan Strong Collision in Philly yeah. the mm. next day. Like right up the fucking highway. So... Yeah, they're doing the four-way. I don't know. Tanahashi, Moxley, Juice, and Will. I'm sure it'll be good. It'll set up stuff for Forbidden Door. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer the singles match, but I get it. You're trying to build up future matches. And stuff. Yeah, that's got the Kingston-Ishii match. So, um, They're pretty good right now, New Japan. I th- Rich, I think they're close back. to back. They're close to back. I'm not saying back all the way yet. They're close, though. They're getting Just there. Say, I think they're back. Ah, they're not back. I think they're fans. back. They're I need those missing. fans. No, I need those. That's the last piece. That's Everything last else. I need the fans. Like... They're they're back. They're back, but they're not back. They need the fans. Fresh directions. You're a coward. Just say I'm back. a coward. They need the fans. They need the fans. Oh, clapping. Oh, they're clapping very loudly for Ishi. No, no, no. I okay, the... admit this. Admit this. You're looking forward to shows for the first time in like eighteen yes. months. Yes, yes, correct. Like you're actively looking forward to. The, the DC show. Right. It's shows that I would watch even if this wasn't my job for the first time right. in a, a long time. So the Super Junior and the DC show. Like, you're into it. I mean, hell, Night- I, yeah, after, I, honestly, the, I, I got back in after going to that Windy City show uh, and being there and being able to cheer and doing all that sort of I was like, dude, I'm back. I think I'm back. But they're not back yet. They need the cheering. But I'm back. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at night one of Super Juniors. I was going to trap, but that doesn't look too good. Uh, night two of Super Juniors. I was going to say, I think they start off with a really not great looking show at all, right? That don't look too good either. Let me try night three. Um, I'm looking for a killer night. Well, that's going to be A block, so that's not going to be a killer night. Uh, let's try night four. Oh, this boy. is not looking They're good. Not this is not, I'm not They're not back. They're gone again. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. These matchups just aren't working out. The point here is <laughs> New Japan is back. Well, look, I can't look. Night one. Fucking Taiji Ishimori versus Yo. I mean, I know you're not looking forward to that. Are we are we done with Taiji Ishimori in these tournaments? He always sleepwalks. Yeah, he sleep. stinks. He Taguchi versus uh, Hiromu. Show versus the good Italian boy. <laughs> You're, you're, you you got to stop because you were ahead and they were back and now you're you're starting to. You need I know to, I'm talking to, myself yeah, out of it. back here. Just well, the Super Junior as a whole yes, looks very there you good. Go. Perfect. Don't look at the individual shows. So, just just let it let it ride. Just let it happen. So. Not gonna do that. Then we do have Tomatonga versus uh, Machine Machine Gunka coming up for that never title. That's a fun. So. That's a fun little match. It is. Machine Gunka is gonna work his ass off in that one. That's like 2011 New Japan. Yeah, yeah, Tomatonga that really that really like quite literally is right? yeah. Oh yeah, do the gun thing. We get to get the gun thing again. His entrance. Get into it. Yeah, it's, it's... I'm getting into it. Cincinnati's finest, isn't he? He's from Cincy, right, Carl Anderson? Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Cincinnati's finest, but he's a, a... <laughs> hot Asian wife, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Hmm? All right, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to do an overrun, right? Uh, what do we got left? Triple we have Mania. negative five minutes left. So, yeah, that's... Um, With Triple Mania and some Japan topics. Yeah, bouncing around Japan. Triple Mania, bouncing yeah. around Japan, overrun? I guess so. It's Let's only five minutes. All right. So, five for those over. of you that are on the line, you're new to this, we are just going to... I think we're... Do you need a break or are you ready to get right into it? 
need a fucking break. I'm a machine. Let's go. I don't need a break either. So we are going to take a brief, 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 like 10-second pause, and then we'll get into the overrun. Uh, if you were on the free podcast feed, you were listening to this on Friday or during the weekend, uh, you are going to, need, going to need to subscribe to our $5 tier at flagshippatreon.com, and you will get the overrun. You will get our Dragon Gate Dead or Alive recap. You will get some stuff about Japan. Big Japan, Osaka Pro. You've been dying to get the Osaka Pro that we teased at the beginning of the show. You were going to get it, but you were going to have to unfortunately get it uh, in the overrun. And then we're also going to talk about Triple Mania Monterey, the fake Triple Mania show. It was a real AAA show, but it was a fake Triple uh, Mania show. Uh, we'll talk about that show as well. That will all be on the overrun. So live people, stay here. Don't leave. We'll be ready to go in just a few seconds here. Uh, if you're on the free feed, that is it for this show. So thank you so much for listening. That is Joe. I'm Rich. And we'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. But if you want more... Flash at patreon.com, $5 tier, the overrun. Okay.